93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. You may have seen this story broke of uh, Red's manager, Bryce, who was at a press conference. He was talking to the yeah. local media, and uh, they were asking some questions, and he, uh, they were asking questions he didn't think he needed to answer. And uh, it, it just I guess he was tired of it. And he let F-bombs fly left and right uh-huh. Yeah, you conversation. Yes, absolutely. In fact, it, 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 at one point, it sounds like Morse code. It's yeah. being beeped so much. Yeah. Do you know what prompted this? They were just asking if these if there were players ready to go, if somebody was going to play or not. And he eventually is just like, look, why do I need to tell you that? It's just going to it's basically giving our uh, opponents. OK, that's what I thought. Information that might help them in beating us. Uh-huh. And I kind of agree. That does I'm make like, sense. I mean, the statement he's trying to make is, you, you know, and I, I assume a lot of these are like hometown reporters. Yes. And and why would you give this info, this intel over to these other guys that we're trying to beat? You know what I mean? And I understand a journalist's job, <laughs> but he, I, I think it's OK for a coach to say, you know what? I'm not going to answer that. You know? There was a beat reporter uh, for the Reds, and and these guys, when it's a beat reporter, they're there for every game. So yeah. they get to know the managers. They're yeah. supposed to be um, a bit of a rapport. A beat reporter had tweeted out some information before the team had released it about a player not being able to play that night. Okay, and and because he mentions a tweet a few times. <clears throat> yeah, and he he caught wind. The manager caught wind of that, and that pissed him off. Okay, and he sort of harbored that resentment, and it all came out in this rant. All right, well, I'll play some of this for you. It's yeah. it's like a minute and a half long, but uh, I'll, he never really. Goes, he's not screaming or anything no. like that, but he's just dropping the F-bomb left and right. I'd like to talk, and I have spoken as candidly as I can with you people. If if that's not good enough, I won't say a thing. I'll go, yes, sir, no, sir. And I can do that. But I've been as candid as I can be about this team and our players, and we got to deal with this. Every team that we play has to know every guy that's here and what they can and can't do. me. It's a disgrace. Sick of the. It's hard enough to win here to have every opponent know exactly what the we bring to the table every day. That's a double. I don't yeah. like it. That's what I'm saying. Make it very clear. I don't like the way that this is going at all. I don't like it. I don't think you guys need to know everything, and I certainly don't think that you need to see something that tweeted out there and make it a world event. How the do we benefit from them knowing that we don't have Devin Mazzarocco? Yeah, so, and he, and he goes on, there's, in fact, oh, there's much more, yeah. Yeah, there, there are a lot more, and in fact, I think one of them went unedited. There's an S-bomb. That, oh, is there? That, oh, that well, you're so unedited. focused on the F-bombs. Yeah, yeah. Huh. You take your eye off the ball. Sounds like a meeting, uh, one of our meetings with Casey when he starts talking. <laughs> <laughs> Only when I'm passionate about some things. I know, I know. I, I honestly And I, not necessarily when you're angry, either. And it's you're, just, yeah, you're not just F-bombs yeah. are left and right out of yeah, your Yeah, it's mouth. not an angry thing. I think, um... It, it for me, it's definitely a crutch yeah. that I use. It's it's something akin to people saying uh and um and all that. So uh, I have them all. I have uh ums and f's. Yo, yeah. join the club. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm just uh, sometimes I'll listen back to myself and it's horrible how many crutches I have. But in this case, he is composed yeah. for the most part. Uh, but that is that relationship with the press. They, you know, they, they, it's a symbiotic thing. They both nourish each other and annoy each other. Yeah. <laughs> and in sports, right? And Kathy, you've been down with the Sixers. You would see the way that they would interact, you know, on, on a more um, uh, basic level. It's, it's, it's part of the deal. I guess he's, he's upset because he feels that in a way this information is, is relaying in, uh, 
usable information to yeah. opposing teams. Well, and oh, I guess is he that. using this information as well? That's the know, question. That's the, you know, so whoever, let's say they were playing the Phillies. Yeah. You know, the, are the Phillies media, are they doing the same thing? And, and will they use that information against the Phillies? I would hazard a guess as, as to yes. If it's out there, why wouldn't you use and, it? And I well, th- you know what? They get the, they have their favorites, too, because they oh, yeah. do get to know them. So, right. uh, you know, the, you don't know the relationship that, that, you know, he had with this specific reporter. He may have not liked the person, you know, for off? a while. And, yeah, yeah, you know, who knows? Also, these guys have to ask the questions. Um, they have bosses. So even if they know they're not going to get an answer to it, you know, the, a boss sure. is going to say, why didn't you ask this? You know? job- and they could say... I, he's not going to answer it. I don't care. I want you to ask it anyway. Sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see the media response on this because most of the people in the media are working at ESPN or whatever are saying, well, the reporters are just doing their jobs, which is a fair retaliation. However, a reporter's job has changed over the years, and the immediacy of the information is completely different. A beat reporter in days past would be able to write a story, then go to the editor, and it would show up in tomorrow's paper. Today, it's all about tweeting it, and it's being first. So the, the reporters are doing their jobs, yes, but they're doing them in a much different way than they used to. Ultimately, how does this information, how does it get disseminated? In other words... It's immediate. And that's right, part so, of the but, problem. But where's the source? In other words, if he has an issue with the way this getting out, somebody within... You know, oh, there's trainers and there's you know right. the people that work well, in the clubhouse. Or he may, or and, he may yeah. not have even showed up at the time when, if you're playing in the game, you have to show up by. Right. You know what I mean? It could they, be as simple as that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 There's all kinds of different ways that it can leak out. If you, uh, you, but he, he has apologized. Okay. Uh, since then, he said, uh, in my pregame conversation... I didn't use enough F-words. <laughs> uh, ...with reporters yesterday, I used wholly inappropriate language to describe the media coverage of our team. While I stand by the content of the message, I'm sorry for the choice of words. Let me ask you, can you recall the most expletive-laced tirade you've ever engaged in? Um... Well, I have a lot of those conversations when I'm alone. <laughs> okay, one that was for public consumption. Because I'm like, I usually go with you. you mo- I do the same. Uh, I, I'm, uh, in fact, I did it the other day. I forgot what I was yelling about. <laughs> you mother effort. Wait, uh, F-U-U-F-N-F is a really good one. Mine is mother effing seasucker repeated as a mantra. Yeah. Okay, all right, over and over and over. With someone else? I, I can't remember. Well, there have been many times. I let it get a, away from me. A lot of times we use the purging device of off the air, we right. let it go, you know, because it it, it helps. But uh, there are – have you ever had someone say, watch the language or – You know, know, I did. And uh, I was walking – it was when the, when the Flyers were playing the – Blackhawks, and I was walking through the parking lot to go into the uh, the Wells Fargo Center, and I was wearing something, and somebody said something to me about it, and I was like, yeah, well, that's because of the F and blah, you know, and yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was, but I know I dropped an F-bomb, and, and it was just one F-bomb, yeah. and, it got, and there was a kid there, and I didn't realize that, and I'm pretty good about... Yeah. Not cursing in front of children. At least I try, you know. And this guy yelled at me. I was like, ah, oh, uh, you know, watch your language, you know. Listen, like, this, oh. we were going to the Red Hot Chili Peppers concert over in, in Camden. And uh, it was me and uh, my buddy Will. Tim Graham was there as well. And uh, Oh, you pissed in the sink. No, well, yeah, I did that, but that was totally <laughs> unrelated okay. to this particular topic. Twice, I think I did that. But anyway, um, uh, so we were, we were walking up, we were going through the parking lot, and there was this kid who was probably about 14 years old, and uh, my buddy Will, and we'd had a couple of beers, you know, 
and and we're just excited about yeah. the show. And he sees the kid, and he's like, "Hey, this is your first concert?" And uh, the kid goes, "Yeah." And he goes, "Oh, dude, you are gonna effing love this. This yeah. is a blah blah blah." And the kid's mom <laughs> was there, had brought him to the show, yeah. came over and started berating him. Mm. I did not bring him here to blah, 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 this and that, and so on and so forth. You're at the wrong show. I, that's that's what I said. Show. I'm like, you are in the wrong place. Hey, wait, and, you and, ain't seen nothing yet. And so Will starts going, whoa, 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 like this. And the kid's just going, oh, man. He, he literally kind of closes his eyes. He's like, oh, man, don't yell at my mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she was so uptight. And in the in that particular environment, listen. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> You also have to understand, I respect people's sensitivity or, or, or sensibilities when it comes to that. My mother was never a big fan of uh, foul language. She was my, married to your father? But my dad was, and uh, he would he would mix the King's English with mm-hmm. the most, He uh, you know, as in A Christmas Story, he worked, it was an art form. He worked in, you know, these these tapestries of incredible expletives. And, uh, and so it was that, that dichotomy. So I, I do understand it, but I just, I grew up we were very comfortable with those words pretty early on mm-hmm. and so it's but i there are still some people and it does happen you have to respect it that it it's uh it's not you for public who, consumption so you know who doesn't like it in our company is john fulham he yeah. really and I don't, I, you know, I he was doesn't like the Wait, cursing. how do you know? He doesn't, well, because I was dropping F-bombs in the meeting. I was like, yeah, and this, and, you know, F and, and, you know, why don't we F and do this? And, you know, and then, uh, so Bill Burns, who was our uh, local sales manager, he, afterwards, he was like, dude, he's like, do you know how many times you, you dropped the F-bomb? I'm like, I don't know. He's like, oh, what? He's like, and you did it in front of Fulham. Yeah, who but, like, oh, well, did, Bill got pissed because I put my feet up on the table. <laughs> on the table so whatever. <laughs> I wouldn't curse in front of John. Yeah. I mean, no, if I... I wouldn't either, but it is it is different, and we've explained this before. Our meetings, as opposed yeah. to sales meetings or meetings that, uh, you know, John Fulham might be in. The and, funny thing and is... And we're used to one thing, and yeah. a lot of times the other thing happens. John calls both you F-heads. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean... <laughs> just not which in meetings. Which is just not in meetings, I, just in passing. I we're think the it F-heads. Is, it is fair to adapt to other people's environments. Sure. And, and, and so if you're in somebody else's meeting, you should sort of accept their decorum. Yeah. Um, and, and I went to... Um, yeah. Well, because you don't want to look like an idiot. No, you don't. Right. I went to a uh, Seattle Seahawks game uh, against the Eagles in Seattle, and we were four rows from the top. And I was used to Eagles crowds and Eagles environments, and I'm in Seattle, which is like, I guess, the most polite city in the country. And I was an Eagles fan, and I'm yelling, and there was a dude in front of me who was there with his kids, and I felt like the world's biggest jackass because he turned around and he looked at me, and he's like, could you just cool it with the language, mister? And I was just, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then I like I realized I'm in their stadium. I'm a, I'm a, a f- Eagles fan. And I'm doing a poor job of representing my city, and I fell awful as a result. We're uh, the time that you got kicked out of the uh, the golf outing for calling somebody <laughs> a, a, an effing pussy, yeah, a big effing pussy. Yeah. Well, that was. Uh, I'll relay that story again because it's too priceless. This was at the. Uh, I don't Divine think you night. used the f bomb. No, you did not. No, you, no, yeah, you're right. I said no. you, sir, are you're a big yeah. cheap kitty cat. Mm-hmm. Big, just, just a big P. Yeah. No. yeah. And, uh, so we're there at this slightly hoity-toity auction, and uh, it was Nick, it was Preston, it was myself, we're up in the front, and then and I, I think I almost heard a, and then Nick's hat was spinning in the air, yeah, he was gone. And, and he was gone. They yanked him out of yeah. there. Yeah. So. I had taken my outside drinking inside. <laughs> I believe that was your last time ever on the microphone at that particular event. Oh, the event, sure. I haven't yes. been the event since. I've been invited back, fortunately. Just, just a quiet... Yeah. 
Don't let him near the right. microphone. See you later. Uh, so anyhow, he's apologized for it yeah. and realized that the, the F-bombs didn't need to be thrown out there to get his point across. Yeah. I mean, he was obviously was expressing how um, fed up he was. With he wasn't this. on live TV. I really don't think it's that big of a deal. I think if you're in a room full of adults, you... It's okay. He does I mean, like you're not in front of the, but the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. Yeah. You know, it, you know, you're in a room full of. And I, I've been around press people. I was with them yesterday. Guess what? They say bad words sometimes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, but in, the difference is is <laughs> he's he's at a press conference. These things are written down verbatim <laughs> and are going to be you know reported that. And way. it's America's pastime. It's America's pastime, and he's a professional, and it's not very professional. Listen, I'm just to trying to make a case for myself. Right? I know you are. <laughs> So you could back off just a smidge on it. I, I could if I even realized I was doing it. You know, like okay. I don't realize I'm doing it until you do it. You know, you'll be because you know, I'll be in the meeting. I'll yeah, be, we'll kind of mock blah, him a little and bit. And the press will be like, "Oh yeah, is that effing right?" I'm like, <laughs> oh, man. Is that doing? Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, hang on a second here. Let me get a couple of calls here. I have uh, Dave on the line. Hey, Dave. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thanks, man. What's up, buddy? I. Um... I try and refrain from foul language. I'm not afraid to use it. My wife doesn't like me using it. But um, one Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, I was in the midst of throwing the guy who my daughter unfortunately wound up marrying out of our house <laughs> and used every single four-letter word known to man multiple times. At Thanksgiving, where to sometimes family tensions can run high. Uh, oh, how, absolutely. How many people were in attendance, Dave, and were there kids around? Uh Ten people, no kids. Uh, one of them is uh, one of my future daughter-in-law. Her, we're happy about. Him, he can go. Up. So, so ten minutes, and, and when you're into like minute eight or nine, you're trying to think up new words, or no? When I was in the minute, oh no, no, because the words I was using were just perfect. <laughs> they were working just fine. They were working great. Yeah. No, I, I think I've been there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanksgiving man, family functions. Yeah. It can happen. All right, thanks, man. Let me go to uh, Nick. Hey, Nick, good morning. Hey, guys, what's up? Hey, bud, just uh, chatting. What's going on, buddy? All right, so I was at a Flyers game, and I was sitting behind uh, a guy and his daughter. And you know how when they're calling out names for the starting lineups for the opposing team, they say, blah, 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 sucks. Yes. And I called uh, Matt Carl and effing bum, because he is, you know. And um, okay. the guy turns around and looks at me, and he says, can you stop with the language? And... um what he and what really kind of peeved me out about that was the guy was like fifty and his daughter was like twenty nine, so uh, I had to sit next to my friend the whole time and I was just like, "What do I do with the, with myself now?" <laughs> <laughs> so he, I think you always have to, uh, owing to Nick's point, where where are you? What what's the 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 general tone at a sporting event? If you're if you're with no a, kids, a, and no kids, I think it's okay. I think the Kids, and you're right to think, you know, yeah, when somebody's 20, they should be okay with it. Just, yeah. Where do you stand? If someone turns around and it's just adults and you're at a sporting event and someone says, your language is too coarse, would you mind refraining from that? What what's your decision? What do you do? Do you respect that? Do you yeah. take, do you ramp it down a bit? Or you I don't st- know. Just like, let loose. Who's, who's once... Uh, outweigh the others, right? Right. You know? I, kids, like, you understand. You I, shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, but when when it's full blown adults, it's like, and, all right, just grow a set, buddy. <laughs> you know, like honestly, it's a sporting event. It's a sp- you know, like right. if there were kids around, I could totally understand. But if it's a section full of adults and you're dropping an f bomb and somebody has a problem with that, like yeah. you grow a set of balls. 
Oh, Sporting man. event <laughs> equals cursing event. Yeah. Yeah. Girls out of boobs. <laughs> Why is it girls out of boobs? Girls out of boobs, guys. Oh, come on. Why is it girls out of boobs? <laughs> <laughs> you guys can't take a curse word. Let's grow up here. <laughs> Why is it so difficult to accommodate the request, though? I know, but it's just. But why is it so difficult to make I, a to accommodate? Yeah, I know it goes both ways. I think well, I think it's a polite request if somebody turns around and says, "You know, I'm offended by that language." Right. I don't care what the environment is. If that person's a, <laughs> if that person's offended by it, then I w- I'm going to accommodate their request and but, be respectful of them. But then I'm offended by their being offended. So now we're Who like, cares? now your doubly, blood is up. Now we're doubly offended. Well, that's what I said. You, you. Can't, Who cares about the F word? It's just a word. But you can't. But they. You can't accommodate. You can't uh, tamper your language a little bit. I, no, I, I know exactly. Yes, you, can. you can, and you you're, can. You're right. You, you can make a conscious decision. It's like uh, you can meet. You can meet. You can perhaps, perhaps F becomes S or fornicator. Yes. Poop. Yeah. Poop. You are poophead. Poop. Poop. That's a bunch. Eat poop. <laughs> Ron Burgundy. Stinkies. <laughs> you poopy poop poophead. I mean, honestly, maybe I would purposely just shout the, the dumbest things like, oh, that's popcorn stinky poops, <laughs> yeah. you know, just to piss that guy off and be even louder with nice language. Hey, that's rainbow buttercups. <laughs> all game long. That's all I'll do all game long to accommodate. This pussy's request. <laughs> Look, here, here's my point. I don't disagree with you that you should go to a, a sporting event and expect to hear f- foul language or go to a concert and expect that some people are going to be drunk or, yeah. you know, or, I get it. Yeah. I'm just saying if a person makes that request, it's important to them. So why not accommodate their request? You know, you know I'd rather hear people yelling stuff like that at, at the opposing team and doing that than just sitting there and just normal conversation and listening to them prattle on with a drunk. Who did you have, or who was it? Somebody, one of you guys was just at an advantage. I was just, listen, I was just at a Phillies game, and this guy behind me for two hours was just as offensive as the cursing guy, okay? But he didn't say anything offensive, but he was bothering me because he was talking at such a, a loud level where everybody around him was now a part of his conversation for two hours. Didn't an old woman sort of lean into and you and say... Uh, she leaned over yeah. to me and she Are you says, dealing with this? She says, I'm hard of hearing and I really feel bad for what you have to go through right now. Because, <laughs> wow. and, you know, By the way, there's not... cocaine in my panties. <laughs> but you're within your rights to turn around and be like, dude, you're, you're, you know, you're offending everybody here. Because you, you paid for your ticket, that guy paid for his ticket. Like, I don't see what the problem is in asking somebody politely to just... I, I think I think bit. it's out of civility. You can ask. I think out of civility, you should try to accommodate. But I also think both parties need to realize that in a sporting event surrounded right. by adults, it's kind of what goes on. Well, why I didn't say anything to this guy, you know, during the whole process, because at first you don't know, you know, when it first starts, you don't know how long this is going to go on for. And then like a half hour into it, you're like, oh, my God, this guy's annoying. An hour into it, you're like, oh, my God, this guy won't shut up. And then two hours in, you know, so then I'm, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I have to turn around and say something to this guy. And the reason I didn't is I reasoned in my mind. I go, who am I doing this for? Am I doing that for me or am I doing it for everybody around? Am I doing it for him? I go, and when I ultimately, Or for your new best friend, this old lady. When it ultimately came down to my ego, to me, I'm going to tell this guy to shut the F up for me. Yeah. And that's what this guy is doing. Then, you know what? Then I, I, I just need to settle down and, and not say anything. I don't know, man. It's bothering you like a week later. No, I'm fine with it now. I'm totally, I mean, I, I'm, I. You don't sound I, fine with I, it. I didn't. 
Steve brought it up. I brought it up. Dick. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> see? No see? Hey, watch it. I Come but like, all right. So like, now I'm like reliving it. But like, yes, it was it was quite bothersome. And no, the reason no, I didn't, no. <laughs> the reason I didn't say anything is because it, it it was all about me at that moment. Me saying mm. something to that guy has nothing to do with him. It has nothing to do with my uh, uh, son that I was with. It has nothing to do with anybody else. It has everything to do with me and letting this guy know what he's doing. What he's saying is pissing me off. But it's, I, I don't think know? it's just well, about you. So so you're saying around kids, you should you should probably. I'm talking about the foul language. Well, this guy and that well, that, well, that was the other thing. He wasn't saying a bad word. He didn't. No no no. I'm no, going, no, no. I'm going saying in general. Other, I'm going yeah. back to the other conversation around kids. Yeah. Sure. Okay. And what if your mom was with you? Hmm, that's a good question. Yeah. It's a good question because my mom has never said an F word ever in her life. Would you turn around and ask someone to stop dropping an F bomb if your mom was with you at a baseball game or something like that? Probably not. No? No. Okay. Not. All right. What is the parks policy? Uh, uh, what is Citizens well, Bank? I they, they can technically yeah. they can throw you out. They, they can, can throw you out for Absolutely. foul language. One yeah. of the best yeah. inventions over the last few years, I think the NFL pioneered it, but the uh, ballpark does it now too. Is you can text. Yep. Yeah. So you don't even have to turn around and you you text a number to a certain section and you say this person's bothering me. And an usher, the Phillies ushers, um, and, and I assume Eagles ushers. I don't go to as many Eagles games, but they're great about it. And they come down and they they will address your concerns for you. Uh, let me go to Steve. This is funny, Steve. Good morning. <laughs> Hey, guys, you guys rock. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. What's up, Steve? So I've taken my wife and uh, my kids to a Hershey Bears game, and this lady behind me was irritating the bejesus out of me. And so I turned around and said something kind of off-color to her about it. And my wife says to me, she says, Shh, you can't say that. They said that at the beginning. It's a family-friendly environment. You know, you can't swear. Yeah. No more than two minutes later, a chance started going up in the crowd for something that they didn't approve of. B-U-L-L-S blank, blank, blank. <laughs> oh, bull ass. Yeah, oh, yeah, funny. Steve. That's yeah. It's it's a hard to argue back from that point when the entire stadium is dropping expletives. Yeah, yeah it was very funny. <laughs> I love it. Thanks, man. I appreciate. It. By the way, did the lady shut up? No, she went the entire game and just kept yammering on. Oh, Jesus, I can't stand that. I, I told you about the time I was in Baltimore and the guy from Boston was sitting behind me going, mm-hmm. "Come on, sex." It was just cut sex. <laughs> Let's go, sacks. When you're at a sporting, when you're at a, a baseball game or a, a football game or a hockey game, and, and the, the group around you is, is great and makes it, you know, fun. It's, fun. it's the best that communal thing. Yep. But man, if you're stuck with someone who's a raging a hole, mm-hmm. it just kills it. Like the sacks guy in 2010 or 2011, the Phils were in the NLCS against San Francisco, and I was sitting at the game with my brother. It was Game Six, a game that they lost. The end of the series, end of the Phillies season, and there was a guy sitting behind us who was a Phillies fan in theory, but could say nothing positive the entire game about the Phillies, and he was just, you know, <laughs> Ryan Howard sucks this and Hunter Punch sucks that, and I was just like, Are, are you even? a fan of this team? Like, could you say one positive thing? And it was just so... I mean, here I am five years later. I'm still mad still about live it. still yeah. yeah. It was probably my brother. He does. That. He does. And really? they could do one little thing wrong. And he's like, that's the worst player that ever played for the Phillies on the face of the earth ever. That sounds about right. That does sound about right, actually. Uh, let me go to Sean. Hey, Sean, good morning. Hey, Gadzooks. Gadzooks. What's up, my man? Um, so... I got a buddy from New Zealand who visited me uh, when I went to Penn State. And we were at a football game in Beaver Stadium, and he he plays rugby back in New Zealand, where the c word is used for everything. You know? <laughs> the the female version of the c word, yes. Correct. correct. Yeah. So he's 
screaming all these things. You're screaming at rugby. Run it straight. Run it straight. You bloody effing C. And, <laughs> and uh, some girl in front of us turns around, excuse me, we don't use that language here at Penn State University. She looks at this poor girl dead in the eye and goes, F you, you bloody C. <laughs> oh, no. So that went over well. Slapped him right across the face and mortified. <laughs> she, she slapped him right across the face? And there you right go. The I, I, I think she might have been within her rights. I don't think she was. Yeah. I mean, there's violence. Uh, it is violence, but yeah. But it's still, you've been That's you've assault. been called the C. The C word is, is, <laughs> nu- is the lethal. nuclear bomb. It far exceeds the F word. It's actually it's it's a sharp word. It cuts. If you yeah, want if you want you know to I mean? level a room quickly, yeah. drop that. Yeah. <laughs> you'll you'll get you might get away with the F bomb. I I I do use that word playing golf. I I say it to myself if I make a bad shot. Not just when you're playing golf. No, I, you're right. No, yeah. you're right. But I but I use it a lot. When 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 I'm having a bad round, you effing uh, is that just, is that where your worst language comes out? The golf course mm. in church. It can be, yeah, because you're isolated. Yeah, my real vile ones. Yes, yeah, and I think it's of all places that's probably most acceptable out there. You're not really around many other people, you know, unless there's somebody in your foursome that's offended by but it. But that's always it's always directed to myself, sure. You know, which is I, I I would have a hard time saying it to somebody's face. It's hard. Yes, it, it, uh, even listen. I've heard it all, and I've heard it all in. in I've been around the raunchiest comedians, and and uh, you'll hear language that'll just make your skin crawl. Yeah. But that that one still, when it pops up out of nowhere, whoa, whoa. I think I emailed you that word uh-huh. the other day. Did you? Yeah, the, See, I didn't even realize the, had... the girl from ESPN who was. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Steve sent me. He's like, here, this is the, 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 the. She may not have been completely at fault, and then I sent back, yeah, possibly, or maybe she's just a C. <laughs> <laughs> the Britt McHenry story. Yeah. 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 I couldn't it's, help it. About, you're right. It's possible she is, yeah. Anyway, all right, well, this uh, the Reds manager, uh, Brian Price, has, uh, has issued an apology for using the F word too many times. In But he stands by what he was saying. He just said he probably shouldn't have dropped the F-bomb a whole bunch of times like that. But it was quite an achievement, though, when you listen back to it. I mean, when you're pairing up double F-bombs. Yes. As, uh, I mean, like, extemporaneously. Beep, 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 beep. It's, uh, like you said, it sounds like Morse code, actually. Yeah. We'll be back in a moment. Stream WMMR anywhere you have an internet connection. Check out the mobile app or go to WMMR.com. You'll figure it out from there. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. (laughs) Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Please welcome from Nickelback, Chad Kroger and Ryan Peake, ladies and gentlemen. Gents, good morning. Welcome. Good morning, good morning. guys. Welcome to Philadelphia. We're glad uh, you had a chance to stop by here, even though you're playing out in Allentown. This is the very beginning of the tour. Am I correct about that? This is. Nice. This is. We're uh, knocking the dust off, trying to remember how songs go and <laughs> where we're supposed to stand and not stand. And right. Do you, do you have to remember, do you have to, because I know some some bands freely admit they've, they've got to go back and relearn their own lyrics and I mean, it, you know, this is a, lot, a large song book you're dealing with. Do you have to do that? Yeah, there's a, there is that whole, there's, that's going on. <laughs> right. I'd like to, I'd like to, I'd like to lie. Yeah. I'd love to lie to you right now and say, oh, it's like riding a bike. It's nothing no, like it's riding nothing a bike. Like it. no, it's nothing like it. So it's a giving birth process each time? <laughs> yeah. For, there's, I have no idea what that means. You get the songs that we haven't played in a while. I mean, we. I was looking at uh, 
uh, we were doing one song yesterday uh, that we're thinking of sneaking into the set, and I just at one point in time we got to the bridge, and I just looked around like like just a lost <laughs> child. Just someone help me! I have no idea how this even goes. This where, is a song you wrote. Where are we? Did I write this? <laughs> haven't haven't played the song since. Oh, probably haven't played the song in about 14 years. Wow. Yeah, yeah no, chucking that one. That, that was a good Jesus, idea. Yeah, right. Let's put Holy. this one in the set. <laughs> <laughs> so when, you, when you're doing a, uh, when you're doing uh, let me ask you, because you guys are obviously, you're, you're, you know, been performing for years and you put together the concert, you put together the playlist. When you guys go to see a band or when you see an artist, um, you know, do you get pissed off when they start putting in too much new stuff in? What, what's your take on that? Because we have different artists tell us how they like to construct a concert. What's what's your ratio of new to to uh, classic stuff? Um, you know, that's a good point, actually, because uh, it it depends. I mean, if you're putting in new stuff, like, and I'm talking new stuff that nobody's heard, if it's new stuff that's been on maybe right. been on the radio or right. or seen some video play online or something like that, and then it's it's at least got some kind of a reference point. That's okay. I don't mind that. So I'm thinking maybe f- if it's four songs yeah. that you've kind of heard. Yeah. Or maybe, or even three you've heard, and one that's maybe a good song but haven't heard yet. That makes four sense. Four songs, I'm good. Four or five. If you're going to try to preview the whole album, <laughs> and I, I mean, I, I, I don't think anybody really is okay with that. It's a little right. too self-indulgent, yeah. I think. So. And we're going to know. We're going to get a pretty good sense of... How much new stuff? You know, be a couple shows in. We're, we're definitely going to be. We got to pull these uh, Yeah, if we go to if we go to step into a slide into a new number there, and you see everyone go, they're going to play a new one. Uh, I'm going to meet you at the merch stand. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You get some beer. I got to get a couple t-shirts for the kids. You, you know, know, we got to. Yeah. We can see that stuff from stage. So we're just like, we got to play. Long and that one's stuff. coming out of the set. <laughs> right. And it, and dude, it happens to everybody. I was at a Springsteen show one time, and he whipped out a new song and. Boom! Yeah. Everybody was gone. Even Everybody Springsteen. Was yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's, you know what's funny, though? Springsteen's like, I got to pee. Here's a new one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of new one, I would like to talk about No Fixed Address. Um, man, are there some uh, a variety of sounds and influences on this record. There's a lot of stuff in there. I mean, you open with some metal. You come right out. And then you get into some more just straight-ahead rock-based stuff. Then you get into pop. And then you swing by a funk number which is out of nowhere. And yeah. then you get into later on there's a little R&B and rap. And I mean, were you get were you listening to just all kinds of stuff when you wrote this record or did it just happen? It you know? I'd love to sit here and <laughs> lie to you and say that <laughs> okay, there's he loves to lie. You preconceived that? notion or we right. you know strategize. It just kind of it just kind of happened that way and the yeah. next thing you know we're playing some little funk here and you know then all of a sudden it's like Let's get a female to sing on this thing and do a little call and answer, you know, for a song like She Keeps Me Up. Or, yeah. And, and the thing, you know, if it walks like a duck and talks like a duck, you know, we, we try not to run away from that. It's like, okay, well, let's make this, let's turn this into a duck. So. See, I don't yeah. understand that coming from a, from a fan base. Uh, when you as a band decide to switch up a sound, the fan gets all up in arms. Like, you're not allowed to do that, but you're artists. And, and so, for instance, uh, Linkin Park, they, um, you know, in a couple albums into their careers, decided to go a little bit more melodic. And mm-hmm. they were I, excoriated for that. And I enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And other fans didn't. Like, you're not allowed to do that because, you, you know, do you know what I'm saying? I, I know exactly what you're saying. You know, it's, it's an interesting trajectory, you know, for any kind of a band when you're, when you're doing your thing, it's... To a degree, you're like, okay, you made some fans, and you want to do what you do, and hopefully you make the fans happy. Mm-hmm. 
but it's not always your job to just give them exactly what they want in a sense not not to be you know dismissive but we uh, tell them what they no, want no no well, no <laughs> it's what you're going to get you're, 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 no you're you're I supposed you to like supposed it. to give them a window Bastards. into what you do right and say here i think you guys you know, this is we like this. We hope you guys like this, and we hope you come along for the ride. That's Some might did, not. That's what you did on the first album. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. we like this, yeah. and hopefully you'll like it, too. Exactly. Well, actually, that's that's got to be part of the process, but I was reading about uh, you, Chad, and the, the songwriting uh, that you did initially in the, in the early days of, of the band and how you approach things, and you, you kind of, at least by, as legend has it, you sat down and, and would just try to absorb the things that you saw in hits, things that how to write a hook. You, you, you sort of taught yourself the mechanics of making a, a winning song. First off, is that true? And second off, uh, is that is that even a a viable formula? Because you you are we, every time we talk about you guys, you, I mean you're you're a hit machine when it comes to writing hooky rock songs. Well, first first off, thank you. Okay, <laughs> uh, you can take anyone the, you want in whatever order. The, uh, yeah, be careful what you read. There's always this thing that always looks like you know we're. We know what we're doing, first off. <laughs> Just have no idea. Just wandering aimlessly like children lost in the forest. Um, but there I, is some, I mean, your degree of success is higher than much others. Is, uh, and so there's, it speaks to something. There's a lot of horseshoes t- tucked up in there. Um, That's a whole other story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> little clinking and clanking when I'm walking. Um, there's, uh, it's, it's, uh, I, I yeah. Once again, I'd love to sit here and say, "Oh yeah, I studied hit after hit after yeah. hit," and that's exactly how this all. And, and I mean, that's it's not really. It, it just you, you kind of got lucky, you know. When we our first big hit song was "How You Remind Me," yeah, and there was you know then uh, it was then it was kind of like, "Hey, we should kind of see if we can keep this thing rolling." H- how did we do that? Okay, you know, and then looking back, okay, it's. It's not a nine-minute song, you know, and you just kind of go back and go, what were we doing there? And it's like, oh, actually, there's kind of like three catchy parts to the song, and I guess that's important. Sticks yeah. in people's heads. And, <laughs> and it, it, was, it, was, it was less, you know, surgical, and, and it was kind of was, just being aware, kind of like, oh. Yeah, hmm. that was pretty organic in the sense. I, I remember him came over to the house, and um, he showed it to me on, on acoustic. And, I mean, that, that showed up when you were, you were at a – you weren't at a very uh, – uh, how do I want to put healthy, this? happy place at, the, at that day <laughs> in, in my up, relationship? The day, the day you yeah. came up with it. So I mean, it, it's organic in that sense. Yeah. You're like, I'm just so mad. It's a, and right. it, that came out organically. I, I hate you, you it, bitch. Right? Just doesn't wasn't as ringing. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so just uh, <laughs> probably wouldn't have probably wouldn't have. Flown. I don't know. Hey, yeah, can anybody relate? Chad, I want to ask you about that. Are you a happier guy now? We were at a show years ago, a long time ago. You played a, a different radio station we worked at. You played a festival show. And uh, at, at some point in the set, you stopped in the middle of the song, told this guy to get the F out of there. Get out of here right now. Oh, we're we're leaving. We are not going to play another note. I don't know what the guy you did. You would have been working in Washington. No, no, it so was here. Was it was, here? Here? It was yeah. in Philadelphia. Yeah. It was here. <laughs> he did it more than one time. Another time. I think I've, I've done it. I, I, I remember doing it, I think, maybe twice. I was okay. sitting there, and we were on a, a bill... And there was it was just a grab bag, so you know you're going to get people there that that didn't want to see us. And this would right. have been this was a long, long time. Yeah, ago. Oasis played this show. Yeah. Um, I had some 13 year old little pissant in front of me, just <laughs> just fingering me the whole set, yeah. just sitting there flipping me <laughs> off. And it wasn't like he was even three rows in; he was front right and center. 
like the kid could have spit on me and uh, probably did when I wasn't looking yeah. and was just sitting there, both hands in there, just flipping me off and yeah. just giving me the, you know, and this, he was definitely telling me what I thought. And I was like, you know what? You can go back. And start all over and work your way back up to the thing. And then, you know. Do you know what's funny, though? Is that that. that I don't go to McDonald's and give him shit when he's serving burgers, so. <laughs> or crap. It's, you know, uh, it's American yeah. radio. He's, he can't say the yeah. S word. Oh, sorry. sorry. He's talking about that. Oh, yeah, the Gene Levy show. The Gene Levy show. You know what I'm talking about? But that. That created a perception, and, you know, and we were. And for a long time, then it became this thing about being chic to Nickelback. We were participating. In it, and then and then all of a sudden, you know, I was like, "Well, the video that the funnier die video comes out, and you guys are making fun of yourselves." And that that aspect had not been we had not seen that. You know, we had this yeah. one perception, and then I'm like, "These guys are funny. It's a funny video. They're self deprecating." And 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 that that just it it turned you know for us because you can't argue with what you guys have achieved you know musically it's it's amazing and it's just did you find that that video yielded a lot of changed opinions because it, you were making fun of how it was somehow chic and, yeah. and then that sort of became lame to be um, to be a Nickelback denier do you know what I'm saying yeah I I, I no one can be self deprecating like we we are anyone who tries to come up with you know satirical lyrics to our stuff no one comes up with better stuff than we do <laughs> oh, yeah. we're in the studio making it yeah, we yeah. come up with the best crap to say about our own stuff like all the time so when you see something out there that's like half the time we're just kind of judgmental that's like right. that's not even that good you want good <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, we're way you. better at making fun of ourselves than you are right, right. I don't think we're funny I think maybe we're fun to, to laugh no, at no you're funny that's because okay. there's a line in the funnier die video where where the the uh, it was the whole thing with Detroit and they I guess they had a petition and blah blah blah, blah they, not to come play and uh, they they accuse you of I think the line was like effing goats and, and Chad you say no we make love to goats uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, once again I don't know how we can take credit for that we didn't write the, the skit but uh, but you performed but it well uh, you delivered it well yeah, I, I saw you guys when you came to town I think it was about three years ago the Flyers were in the playoffs and most of the team was at the game was at the Wells Fargo Center and uh, I got to say hi to you guys beforehand and have a beer you could not have been nicer first of all and that's what one of the impressions uh, that um, resonated with me but um, then you came out and you put on a really really good show that was so fan friendly and we were talking about it right before the, uh, the this interview started but you had this craft that you all climbed into and it, it sort of cruised across <laughs> above everybody above the stage and then out over the audience I take it that's not going to be a part of this this tour. <laughs> that was so that was so close to Spinal Tap. I don't know what was going on. Like, <laughs> but it was truly, awesome. I, it was neat. But you know, every night I kept thinking, this is the biggest cookie cutter in the world. Like we're if this thing falls, we're just going to go <laughs> and make this people cookie cutter. Yeah. Just, this is this is going to be a disaster. Well, you, you, you talk about you know, uh, you know a Spinal Tap, but uh, uh, Chad, you've you've uh, worked with uh, um, uh, Steel Panther, right? Yes. You, uh, and the song Balls Out. You're, are you you featured in that song? <laughs> Um, no, the song was actually no. called. Uh, uh, oh, this won't suck it. Yeah, this won't yeah. suck itself. Can't suck itself. <laughs> yeah. See, now that's some of the that's that some means. of the good funny stuff right, that yeah. normally you can't do. You <laughs> right. know, and then uh, a, a band like Steel Panther comes over to the house, and it's like, 
you know, we start doing <laughs> these kinds of stupid things. Right. And uh, talking about needing help from a female fan because you've just been bitten by some sort of poison <laughs> carrying uh, reptile, whatever it might sure, be. Yeah. And then we go into this, you know, the line, hey, you know, it won't suck itself. I keep a picture of my family here, but right underneath that I have uh, me While on While we're stage. talking about a song called oh. It Won't Suck Itself. That's me, that's me jamming with, segue. Uh, with Steel Panther right there. All awesome. right, on. There's Lexi. Very <laughs> cool. <laughs> they're such great guys. They're, they are man. just so funny, and they're so. Those guys are actually That's really, cool. really talented. Very like, talented. Such a great band. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, I want, I want to ask you about a song on uh, No Fixed Address. Uh, we've been playing um, uh, Edge of Revolution. Hmm. Uh, That's the first release. Um, and listening through it, um, I wanted to ask the influence that your wife Avril has on on some music because there's a song called Miss You on there. Hmm. I totally hear her voice. When I hear that song of singing that tune, does she help out in writing or ideas? Or? Uh, she usually just tells me if something sucks. Okay. <laughs> well, that's that's what helping. I, that's what I've done. Yeah. No, if I'm working on something and uh, she cruises by, I'm like, babe, what do you think? I'll, I'll know right away if she's like, yeah, uh, 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 that's great, sweetheart. Can you take the garbage out? You know, that's when I know i got to come up with a better part or something. Well, that's no, what, that was like kidding, the first but... one we wrote on this album, I think, wasn't it? I think it was one of the uh, Miss You was, uh, that was the first song uh, that we, uh, that was the f- our first stumbling into this record, yeah. just Is that how it starts? You just, uh, you know, because are, are I know now that you hear more and more that artists, when they're on tour, they're writing material for the next album, which seems like a daunting thing, but, uh, you know, so they, they're very regimented about it. Do you just say, okay... I, uh, it started up again. Um, I'm being inspired. Let's take a crack at it. It's funny. You just never know when you know when lightning's going to strike, and you're just going to be like, you know, need a guitar. But it's it's, I, I I think it's hilarious that you know when I sit down with another band, I approach songwriting. I think the way that you should you should know what you're singing about. You know, you should have a topic. You should know your theme. You should start off with your chorus. Right. Let's write our chorus, and then we're going to use our verses to describe what's going on. You know, in two different ways to our theme. But for some reason, when we start a Nickelback tune, I just go right back to I have no idea what I'm doing. And it's two guys. Two guys are walking down the street. I just have no idea where we're going. Everybody else just, thinks he's a professional. Coming yeah. back, like, uh, just, what are we going to do? I don't know. Do I don't know see, I don't but know it's the same idea. thing. We we'll, we'll, we come up with contests or things that we're doing on the show. We come up with a name first, and yeah. then we work backwards yeah. from that. Yeah, and yes. it's just the dumbest thing. And we freely admit that's why we have such horrible <laughs> contests. But that's 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 <laughs> no, what we but, do. But it's a, just reverse it's a bu- engineering those contests. <laughs> Recognizing the good pieces, keep those little nuggets, and, yeah. then, and then you just put the puzzle in together. Do you guys write acoustically first? Depends on what kind of song it is. Really? Depends. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, well, Metal's always tough to, to start off with acoustic well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, if you're just sitting around the house and, and, and something pops in the back of your mind, or it's, it's two in the morning and you wake up, yes. do you just go, you grab the acoustic and strum a little bit? That, 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 you, that happens a bit, for sure. I mean, it's the easiest thing to grab, for right. sure. Uh, I, when, I, when I try to have an idea or have an idea, pops in my head i grab the phone and and uh find some kind of recording app and just i sing it mm-hmm. whatever okay. melody i've got yeah. and then i'll i'll keep that and then i'll go to play it and i'll check my phone and it's in it i didn't didn't record it <laughs> so, <laughs> that's usually how it goes right if i go through uh if, if you were to grab my phone and go through my voice memos you would hear a lot of me rolling over at like four in the morning <laughs> and then trying to do and try not to wake the wife up right so i'm like <laughs> what? What? Oh, nothing. <laughs> and you were to hear that. You know. <laughs> the hell are you doing over there? <laughs> you know. What do you guys Sorry. listen? What do you listen to, <laughs> music-wise? Uh, everything. Just absolutely everything. Yeah. Everything from. 
from uh, country to, I mean, we are such a grab bag. If you're in the in the uh, vehicle with the whole band, uh, you're going to get just left field to from here to there to just all One Direction, place. Five Days of Summer. Are you collaborating with them? Are you doing something with <laughs> I, them? I did. I just yeah. wrote with uh, both uh, uh, One Direction and Five Days of Summer. And I, I think I did it the right way. I actually went in with an idea and was like, hey. What about this? It might be terrible, might be whatever, mm-hmm. you know, instead of the way we normally well, do it. As a hired gun, which, which I mean, you, you've, uh, like with uh, Doherty and uh, Daughtry. Wait, I, right? wait, I'm getting paid for yeah. this? <laughs> <laughs> you should be. People people buy music anymore? I don't it's, even think they buy music anymore, do they? they well, they, yeah, I know. It's a big, a big, a big, a big, a, big yeah. a, a bit about the uh, that on the Grammys last night, but uh, is that... And and movie, you, you wrote the uh, the uh, the song for Spider-Man, a hero. Uh, um, is, is that... Uh, is that Cool to get the call when people say, "Hey, you know, come on in. I, I want your expertise." Or is is it is it more daunting because you have to satisfy their perception of what they want? Like you can't you can't be absolutely carte blanche. It's 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 all of those things. It's a lot of you know uh, very flattering. Anytime somebody right, you know, you get the phone call. I mean, and I don't. I'm not really snobbish when it comes to. It's like oh, I'm not going to write for you, or not going to write for this or that, or whatever it might be. I just look at it as another like, okay, I've never really tried to write a song for someone like you or an artist like you or a group like you, whatever it might be. And then I, I take that on myself as, okay, I, I'm walking into uncharted territory here. And it's nice to pull yourself out of, you know, your comfort zone and have to be, you know, and then see if you can pull this off. Have you ever uh, taken a song for that you're writing for somebody else and go, you know what, I want this one? Yeah, and it's usually too late. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm usually sitting there with them while it's getting recorded, going, "Why keep this? <laughs> Damn it, this is good. You, you guys aren't doing this right." Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you're just tuning in, uh, we have both uh, Chad Kroger and Ryan Peake from uh, Nickelback who are here. When you when you've written a song and it's a finished product, and uh, what I'm curious about is. There are songs that you have certain expectations about. This is going to be a great song. People are really going to connect with that. What's more fun, when that one actually connects or one that you thought was just kind of like, eh, this is pretty good, and then that one takes off? Well, when it came to a song like Rockstar, which was just very tongue-in-cheek, we had no idea that that song was going to be. I mean, when when we work on songs like, I think we got, sometimes we, you know, the crystal ball gets polished up once in a while, you can take a look into the future and say, okay, we've all got high hopes for this song or whatever right. song it might be. Um, but, you know, when it comes out of left field like Rockstar, you know, we, I think we all thought it was a good song. We just yeah. had no idea that people were going to enjoy it that much. I mean, we went from, we kind of thought our career was dying at that point in time in, in uh, the U.K., and it was kind of like we started, you know, with... It was I, the last single on the album. It was like yeah. seventh single on the album. And we're like, we went from <laughs> Wembley... Into playing like two yeah, nights in a row at five thousand seaters, and it's kind of like wow. oh, the career. I think we're kind of sliding here a little bit, and then all of a sudden, rock star comes out and explodes in up. the UK, and we're right back into Wembley. <laughs> right. <laughs> Is it, well, we've heard that a lot of times. I've heard a number of artists say that that. Um you know, you, you you it's your baby. You know what the deal is. But a lot of times, the the record company, if there are you know any left, you know the I guess it's A and R Preston or who who picks the singles. But yeah. they, a lot of times they get it right that they they. It's funny strategy. We, yeah, we we've been very lucky in our career. I think when we with Roadrunner Records, our our um, tenure with them is over. I guess, um, but the whole time with them, they let us kind of do our own thing, recording like we wouldn't let them in the studio. And they were cool with until that. we were. Oh, they were. They, yeah. they were like, you guys. After Silver Set Up, you guys 
do what you guys want to do. And, and that was great. And we can kind of be left to our own devices. And, uh, and we were very lucky. We, we have a pretty good idea of what we think should be a single. So we were, they always agreed. They were actually quite good about Cole. Nobody really were, we were butting heads with them in that sense. So we were quite lucky in, in being able to do that. So I don't know what it's like to have an A&R guy sticking his nose in our business. I don't think that would like that. So you much. Would, <laughs> we, no. we wouldn't like you very much. No. Well, we hear from all these other groups, uh, you know, all the other bands and artists that, you know, we wind up meeting and, um, you know, talking to about all these experiences, right? And we hear these horror stories of A&R guys just in there, like literally telling the band <clears throat> how to write the song and do this and do everything. Wow. And when and, and we were so lucky because our A&R guy, Ron Berman, God bless him. <laughs> Sitting at the back of the room, just reading the newspaper. <laughs> Wouldn't say a word. Nothing, just back there. Sounds good, guys. I think you guys yeah, should right. change that. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> when, the, when the record is finished and it's finally produced and it's ready to go to print, where do you guys go to listen to it? Do you, do you pop it on in the car? Some place with palm trees. Okay. Yes. Wise Get move. out of Dodge yes. and, and go. Yeah. Do you put, do you put the no. headphones on on the plane? And I think it's a lot of car. A yeah. lot of car. Car test. Because that's where it's going to be heard the most. Yep. Do you know what's funny? It was funny, speaking of that in particular, when we were put out uh, Dark Horse, I always, thought it was, I always think it's a funny story because we were we were driving and we were going to put out... Um, if today, if, was, if today was the last day, it was going to be the single. We were kind of steamrolling it. And I kept driving back. I had an hour drive back and forth from the studio. So I spent a lot of time listening to stuff. And uh, and I kept listening to Gotta Be Somebody. I'm like... And back and forth, I'm like, I'm not really getting tired of the song. I just think it's a good song. What the, what the hell are we doing? What are we doing releasing this other one? I remember driving the lot, and I'm just on a mission. I'm like, I gotta tell, I gotta tell them, we gotta change it. We gotta change it. And gotta be I get out there, and I and I'm getting on my car, and I look, and the suburban's rocking, and I look over there, and and Mutt and and him or, and Chad are sitting in the seat, and then, and I get in there, and they're listening to Gotta Be Somebody. I'm like. They're like, we got to change the single. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we do. <laughs> so I'm like, we're at least everybody's thinking the same thing. That's cool. It feels good. So that's that's where you hear a lot of good stuff is in the car. Um, Steve, I think we should uh, play a little contest. Want to play the guys. contest? Yeah. 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 Uh, by the way, uh, by the way, Nickelbags are going to be performing at uh, the PPL Center, and it is uh, Saturday night. And they're also going to be back around town, Hershey Park, August eighth, and Susquehanna Bank Center on August twenty second. Um, we'd like to ask you guys a couple of questions. I have a, a contest. It's called Nickelback Nickel Quiz Lightning Round. And uh, these are lyrics. Again, a stupid title. I like it. It's first thing in the morning. (laughs) And you've used the word lightning in there as though our responses are somehow going to be enhanced if you you put the lightning round. These are lyric-based questions. So as quickly as you can answer the questions, please. So here we go. Question number one. What the hell is that on Joey's head? Photograph. Uh, No, we need to know what the hell is that on Joey's head. Wow. Do I have to start with what is? (laughs) No, no, it's not Jeopardy. You can if the you word want. lightning's just got me yeah. rattled. <laughs> champagne bucket. Uh, was it was it? a it was an ice bucket. Oh, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The answer is it was a black-tailed gull coming to Canada. We will also would have accepted as Tim Horton's baseball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was all right. Next Touché. question. Uh, this is how you remind me of what. What I really am? Mm, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> it would have been uh, Dare Ultimate Maple Leaf Premium Cream-Filled Cookies. Yes. A popular snack in Canada. That only comes That's out true. once in a while. That's once right. every so, fall. So, sorry, you over oh, 2 right Gee, now. You suck at this. Right, <laughs> uh, here we go. No, we're not going to quit. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Just acting like we're what? Professionals. Man- manimals. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. It was Bobby Ash who starred as Uncle Bobby on a very popular Canadian children's show in the 1970s. <laughs> Isn't he in jail? <laughs> Is he in jail? I don't know. I, don't know. I just saw it on a list of Canadian we'll things. Do that. I've never heard of him. 
Uh, only have five questions, yeah. by the okay. way. Number four here. Well, it's midnight. Damn right. We're wound up too tight. I've got a fistful of what? Whiskey. Mm, no, it's Tricolachema sablinas or a Canadian leaf beetles. <laughs> okay. Uh, of course. <laughs> and then finally, right. how the hell did we end up like this? It's it's wind up. That's but... a good question. <laughs> I, I'm doing good now because we've been yeah. rehearsing, so yes. I think I know some yeah. of these. We're trying to help you. Oh, you're oh, out of time. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, we're like this mostly because of the Battle of Vimy Ridge, a World War One battle in which Canadian forces defeated advancing German troops. I'm sorry, oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah, we did. Nothing. Zero. In Not the nickel for five quiz. Not as oh, good as you. That's why we're rehearsing. We have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, yeah. So, um, are you gonna are you gonna go into the venue and play this week and? Uh, Get yeah. up that way, or have you already done it in rehearsal? We should go spaces. on Friday night. I think maybe yeah, just the night before, in. maybe. I don't Friday. Know. Okay. No, we've been we've been hard at work trying to. Uh, Since last week. Yeah, there's this really strange military-looking facility out there where lots of I mean, U two's gone out there. Are a lot tons of bands. It's a secret place, right? Yes. <laughs> it's a big little green building. It's on the ground. I think it's about four hours away. It sounds very, so it's a subterranean sort subterranean. of thing. Subterranean. Yes. Uh, exactly. I assume a lot of retinal scans and things to get in. Tons, yeah, tons, yeah, yeah. tons. You guys are going to like the venue, though. I, I saw Petty there in the fall, and uh, it's, yeah. a, it's a cool place to play, and uh, the Flyers, uh, the, the minor league team, the Phantoms play there, so a um, lot of really good seats, and you're, you're on top of the action when you see a show there. It's going to be, be just as cool as the Petty show. Absolutely. <laughs> Except with us playing. Right. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> Hey, guys, thanks for coming by here. We appreciate it. And hey, man, thanks Enjoy for the tour. I know you're going to be really, really tired several months from now, so I'm glad we got you now. <laughs> Refresh here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Thanks, man. Just thanks disgruntled bastards who became at the end of the tour. <laughs> Ryan and Chad from Nickelback. Let's hear it for them, guys. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, All right, we are going to take a break. We will come back in just a moment. Please stay with us, my friend. The President Steve Show Podcast, 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. Good morning in the news this morning. A U.S. Airways plane was forced to make an emergency landing without his nose here at Bush International Airport. The Houston-bound flight was coming from Philadelphia and had 53 passengers as well as four crew members aboard. A spokesperson for the airport says the pilot noticed the landing gear wasn't coming down and decided to make an emergency landing. The plane landed safely with passengers exiting the aircraft on slides. One passenger was injured, though according to the airline, the injury is not believed to be serious. Yeah, I saw the video footage of it. Uh, sparks flying everywhere yeah. looks pretty freaky i don't know what i would do if i'm <laughs> sitting on the do they tell i would they have to tell they have you to. they can't whip that on you as a surprise and i don't know how i, I think i'd freak the f out i if, know yeah. what i would do i would crap every internal organ right out my ass yeah <laughs> but i mean uh i wonder if they you know the captain tries to say you know this is this type of procedure has been done before uh, and, it's gonna be a lot of fun yeah uh, <laughs> Theoretically, this should work, but if you folks are a bunch of thrill seekers, as I suspect you are when I saw you getting aboard, so a lot of Indiana Jones is out there, let's go for it. Uh, Who's uh, in? Yeah. Come, come on. on. Yeah. Not, the time is today to stop being a bunch of pussies and let's get after Let's have some fun. <laughs> You know what, though? I, I talked to, um, this was years ago, but I talked to two pilots that, that flew for, I think it was U.S. Airways. Like, it was a major airline, uh, and they flew passenger jets. And, and I remember asking them, what you know, what scares you? And basically, they were like, nothing. We yeah. can, like, we can take care of it. if there, Unless there was, like, ten things happening at one time, then maybe that. But they were like, look, if, if the landing gear doesn't come down, we know how to take care of it. If someone's having a heart attack on board, we know what to do. If, you know, like, if one engine fails, like, they, they have it all. They it's, know. 
and and according to them, they said they weren't that they wouldn't what? be nervous. This is this is so stupid. But this is this is almost not to say you're stupid, Casey, but this is almost like a, a Casey type of uh, fantasy type of thing where I've I've sat in my car before and I've looked at, at all the the controls and equipment in my car and I've gone. I could fly a plane. Yes, <laughs> of like, course. Watch. Defrost on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Seatbelt check. Gear. Uh, you know, uh, park ready for. You know, and I'm looking at all these things. I got to look behind me. I got to adjust this. I got to adjust. Blah 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 blah. I could do that in a plane. Are you kidding me? Hey, do you know how much how complex those pieces of don't, machinery are? Don't you dare beat yourself up. I've seen your car. There's a lot of buttons. <laughs> a lot. There's a lot of buttons. Like I said, there's a there's a great uh, series called Air Disasters. Man, is it amazing. You want to talk about. Finding out how complex all the engineering that they, as pilots, that they need to know about that craft in case anything at all goes wrong, hydraulic, whatever it is, they need to know every little bit about it. The reason I chuckle is my wife and I were watching one, a couple of the episodes, and uh, the question arose, is this something you would ever show someone who is afraid to fly? Hell no. Or is it encouraging because you know how many fail-safe systems okay, there are on board? Okay, that might be, yeah. We determined no. It yeah. wouldn't be good to show them. Oh, my God, man. So... Uh, but it's cool. Nobody got hurt, and they got to jump off on the slides. On the slides. Yeah, yeah. Now that is a long. That's a bucket list thing. For <laughs> yeah. Me. Uh, hopefully not because I'm at the air, at ass end of an air disaster, but just for the hell of it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Press. I think you could do it. It's, you know, these guys aren't geniuses. They just went to school for it. Yeah, I did National Lampoon years ago. It was very funny. It, it had a um, learn to drive the big rigs. You know, like the old truck commercials. Uh-huh. But it was you were learning to drive 747s. Yeah. And so they gave you sort of a cockpit cutout. You were supposed to tape to your refrigerator and, and, and sit there. And it, it, the, the the great secret of flying is it's easy. Yeah, was the whole thing. Was the actual, you know what the actual flying part of it. But when I did my flight with the Blue Angels, and Casey, you did yours with the uh, with the Thunderbirds. Um, you know, the, the actual flying part of it is fairly simple. The stick is easy to. The, it's a video pedal, game. Everything is is fairly simple. It's all the <laughs> complex machinery that's involved if there is a problem and moving the fuel from one spot to another and all this other and stuff. Landing. And, and landing. Take landing. Take off and landing. It's a bit exactly. of an issue. Yeah. And the yeah. when you're up there. Yeah, so once you're up there, you're yeah. just cruising along. Yeah. Oh, you know man. what, though? And this didn't make any sense to me either, but when we were taxiing on the runway, yeah. uh, I'm like, how are you steering this thing? And he's doing, it's all foot pedal. He's steering with his feet. I yeah. had no idea. Oh. And still, I'm like, that doesn't make any See, sense here, here, to me. See, my, my line of thinking is, if you've ever locked your keys in your car, you should never be become a pilot yeah and that's just uh i think that's a good rule of thumb yeah. what if, you if you've ever if you've ever coasted into a gas station on fumes well, no what if you've ever locked your keys in your car while getting money at the mac machine for gas in your car <laughs> because i've done that oh i thought maybe you knew of someone yeah. how about you drop off your car with a valet and you leave the fob in your pocket and you go to uh, in your pocket and go to whatever party you were going to how about you leave you have the fob with you after you give it to the guys to put through the car wash. What so if- you have to go running down to the other end to make sure because they can't get into the car. What if you lock your keys in a car that's designed so that you can't lock your keys in the car? That's Kathy. Wow. Was that you? Yes. She did, yeah. What if you've gone to the mall and uh, while walking back to your car after shopping for about an hour and a half, realized that you lost your keys, you had no idea where they <laughs> you are. You go to all the other stores. And then you go to your car anyway and you find out that you're actually, your car's been running the entire <laughs> Yes, locked inside. The, the keys inside. <laughs> Oh. And when you open your car door, the radio was blaring. Can we categorically say that none of us should be pilots? No, we're not going to be yes. pilots. Yeah. I think that's it. So the National Transportation Safety Board uh, is investigating. You're in that helicopter, and you're nothing but a chameleon, lemon-headed, coward, terrorist... 
And I'm after you, buddy. <laughs> Steven played part of that clip by accident earlier this morning. I'm like, dude, you got to play the whole thing. There's some guy who thought that the, he, he was addressing a like a Town city hall. a city council, yeah. and uh, he has his moment to say whatever he wants. He was angry at somebody who th- he thinks is flying a helicopter over his house. Black helicopters, mm-hmm. and he wanted to address his issue. And uh, okay, thank you. You can sit down now. Exactly. And they dragged him out of there. Yeah. All right. So, Cat. and why? Uh, <laughs> what are you guys laughing at? I thought I heard for a moment. I thought I heard a noise over here, and I thought Casey farted. No, I and actually. Do you grown. want to tell that story? What happened? About yesterday? Yeah. It was pretty elaborate. <laughs> Go ahead, because it's it's a classic. He was trying to do good. He was, was trying to be a conscientious farter. Right. And he, he went to great lengths, even for Casey, staggeringly good lengths, and it... it, it Blew back in his face. Because no usually he'll just go to an area that's usually populated with people, and just at the time it happens to not be, and then people will walk into that area. Well, really, such the story. as myself. Yeah. So this time I was sitting in the lobby of the White Manor Country Club. <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, yesterday. No. We played a golf outing, and there it's a beautiful lobby, grand piano, and all that. Oh um, yeah, you know photographs of of uh, you know uh, fox hunts on the wall mm. and things like that. I mean, yeah. really, really nice. But it's it's not very crowded. But I was in the middle of talking to a couple of gentlemen. Uh, this one guy, Steve Sala, whose wife does the yoga stuff at our at our uh, oh, yeah. blood drives. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking to him and, and a friend of his, and I, I start to get some aches and pains. I'm like, oh, no. oh I got a fart here. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so the conversation ends. Um, and, oh, and by the way, d- just in this lobby, there's this big round table <laughs> with this big, you know, uh, bouquet on it. And then there's four leather chairs that are around it. Like on the feet. chairs. Where's yeah. your farting room? <laughs> <laughs> so I, after these two gentlemen leave, now I am in the lobby all by myself. So I decide to squeeze out a couple of farts. And you're just by this squeeze. huge centerpiece. I mean, just this huge centerpiece. Right. And, and, I'll, and, I'll do this sound effect for you, okay. by the way. But anyway. So... I am uh, I'm sitting there in this leather chair, and, and leather is really great for, you know, the rippling effect. It amplifies it. So I, I squeeze one fart out, another fart out, you know, and, and so I was holding this gas up for a little while. And then some people walk through the lobby, so I'm like, okay, let me just hold back a little You're bit. You're metering them. You're trying to be yes. respectful. Yes. By the way, this is a picture of the actual lobby <laughs> yeah. you're sitting so that we have on our So if you're monitors. looking at the picture, I'm in the far back uh, right okay. Uh, okay. seat. All, All right. right. So then... I uh, people walk through the lobby and then you know they leave and, yeah. and the coast is clear. Good day, uh, sir. Good day to you. <laughs> so and I swear to God, this is the, the farts were just like this. <laughs> I mean, perfect right. ripping ones. Rippin'. He okay. tells me, yeah. And uh, you know, so a couple of different times people walk through the lobby and when they did, I didn't. You know, and then so when the coast is clear, I probably Should in a couple outside. of minutes' time I squeeze out about ten farts okay. at least. Okay. And and I would noisy say noisy ones. Noisy ones. Half of them were like this. Some of them were like this. Oh my and okay. one was like this. The last one was this. All right, okay. So so it's like a, ten of them. I don't fart ten times an entire day no. in a month. Casey sits down in the lobby of this country club right. and bangs out ten of them. So I do this last fart, and then I hear this. <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Um, Somebody's the entire time, Kathy. <laughs> oh, somebody was sitting here. I'll show. I'll show you here. Somebody was sitting right there, <laughs> directly that... across from him, and Casey couldn't see because oh, of a bouquet of flowers oh were in front of him. 
and it was an old lady reading a newspaper. It was an old lady. I just <laughs> want to die. <laughs> if you could strangle me, I'd appreciate it. Kathy, this is the type of place that if she your shirt is untucked. away with the newspaper, all the gas that had come over. Casey, I know. I've been there. Yeah. I know this place. If I mean, shirt... I've been escorted out of this place. <laughs> yes, you have. Uh... That came up yesterday, too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're walking around with your shirt untucked, they ask you to tuck your shirt in. Right. It's um, one of those places. Yeah, they ask you to go to to another room to the farting room. Blow your O-ring out. <laughs> oh my goodness. This to me the fact oh that goodness. you had to oh be goodness. at just the right angle. Yeah. You had to just come into that seat <laughs> at just the right angle to totally miss this woman who could not have been more judging by no. what I'm seeing. 15 feet away from you. She must have come and sat down while I was talking to this guy Steven right. and this other guy. Because when I sat down there was nobody else in the room. Right. There was nobody there. This little lady snuck in on me. Imagine this woman sitting there, and she just she's hearing this man yeah. that she is aware that is sitting on the other side there just uh-huh. repeatedly farting over and over and over again. Oh, sweet death, please take me now. <laughs> Dear God, you're an animal. What did you do when you when you I, heard the rustling of the paper? Oh, I got up and I walked away. Oh, did you make God. eye contact? No, or, she, no, oh. she didn't make eye contact with me. Her newspaper was up the entire time. You should have walked but, over and said, "Let's get a room." But, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, so I, I walked up. I went to the men's locker room, uh, expelled the rest of the gas. You had more? Yeah, I had more. Yeah, come on. <laughs> After ten? <laughs> come on, I'm a man. Yeah. <laughs> So I, I don't know. <laughs> so I walk outside to oh the uh, to where the golf carts are. We're getting ready for the shotgun start. Just in time to see the ambulance leaving with the old woman. And wouldn't you know it, the old lady was then sitting in the golf cart directly in front of my golf cart. I was like, oh, my oh, God. you pointed her out to Hi, me. Man. That's right. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think you ever? Did she ever see you? In other words, while she knew there was somebody over there, she never saw you because... I don't me- know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> well, you're never going to see her yes. again. I was at the country club today, and you put on a little show for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we'll be invited there for next year's uh, Divine Night. Oh, my Although God. Although we did get reinvited after Nick called somebody a pussy on yeah. the microphone. Big pussy. A uh, big pussy. Yeah. I'm sorry. As the, um, we were Nick was bombed. And, uh, it was great. And I just turned around, and the mic was spinning in the air mm-hmm. that Nick had been holding. <laughs> they actually used one of those hooks. Yeah. Uh, they got him at it. It was like him off stage. Showtime with the Apollo. Yeah. So it was another great day at White Manor Golf wow. Club. We really we, I love that ourselves. place. Yeah. Yeah. Love that place. And then finally, Mumford and Sons intended to keep experimenting or they intend to keep experimenting and changing their sound according to an interview with the band. Uh and they did this with Jason Sudeikis. he's a friend of theirs. Uh the new Mumford album Wilder Mind has divided some of the British group's fans over its shift from acoustic and banjo-based songs to rock anthems utilizing electric guitars. I think they I think it was a nice change for them. I I, I, like, I, like, I like the new sound. Yeah, frontman Marcus Mumford said, "I think we want to just uh, keep trying different things because if you just do the same thing again and again, it gets a bit boring." Amongst the four of us, and especially because we're all songwriters and all play different instruments, we want to keep changing things up. So it's whether or not people come with us for that. But if they don't, I I think uh, we'll still do it. I can see why people would love that the the former album, uh, but I don't think they can make a career out of doing no. that same music over and over. You it's going to have a shelf life as far as popular culture goes, you know. So how do you um, think Survivor lasted this long? Yeah, they keep man, changing come on. the sound. Yeah. 
I don't think they're around. Oh, they're not around. That's right. It's probably a bad example. Yeah, Yeah, they've kind of stayed the same. (laughs) All right. This is their new one. Yeah, this is brand new (laughs) from uh, Survivor. (laughs) What was that? This is Eye of the Liger. Eye of the Liger. Probably my favorite animal. animal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you go. Let's put the music for I am the liger. <laughs> Survivor. Looks like a lion. And not quite a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> what else have they done? Survivor. Um, well, then they got they got really ballad heavy and very female driven. With uh, you were with me all the, the while. Like a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> the search is over. Yeah. That's the name of that song. Uh, Burning the Heart they did, right? Yeah. The Burning Heart. Looks like a tiger. <laughs> An orange tiger flaming in the night. I like tigers, I'm going to admit it. It's my favorite animal. I draw it all over my sheet music. I just like tigers. So if you like Tigers, you want to come along with me on this journey tonight? We'll have a blast. They had a song before I the Tiger. I want to hold your tiger. I want to hold your tiger. (laughs) And she's climbing the stairway to see tigers. (laughs) Hang on, I'm looking for the... uh... Wow, look at all the members. There's a band. ton of people that were in that band. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Summer like Nights? 30 people. No, no, I guess it was Eye of the Tiger. Was it for? Summer Nights drifting away. Oh, 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 those summer tigers. Oh, are they tigers? Tell me more. Yes, they're tigers over there. <laughs> okay, I Can't Hold Back. That was another hit for them. I Can't Hold Back. I gotta tell you, I love tigers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that song, I Can't Hold Back? I can't hold oh. back. I'm on the edge. Yes, yeah, yeah. I can't hold back your voice inside, inside my head. Do, 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 do. Tiger! Tiger! <laughs> what? I can't hold back. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. All right. Tiger. They had two different singers, though, right? Or three different singers. I know they had two for sure. Uh, the one guy... Ended up doing the uh, Real Men of Genius. Yes. Uh, oh, really? Very Jingles, funny, that yeah. was him. That was their first singer. He died, actually. Um, Come by a tiger. A few, <laughs> well, <laughs> years ago. It went, was, it went awry. Uh, yeah. It was uh, Dave Bickler. The old Bickster. The old Bick man. Yeah, he was killed by a tiger. <laughs> you know, Bickler and his tiger thing. Yeah, like, he just wouldn't dude, let it go. wouldn't let go. And then he was by that. He went to that tiger retreat. Mm-hmm. And uh, he went through it with his windows down. Yeah, which is One stupid. Of the tigers went in. Yeah, it looks like they've had about twenty-five members in this band. There's, there's a including line. tigers. Yeah, yeah. Montecor was in for a bit. Yeah. And... Yeah. Okay, this has been uh, sur- your Survivor news on the Preston and Steve show this morning. Extensive, right? Yeah, well, you know, what other show gives you this extensive coverage of Survivor? Survivor, none. None of them. I'll, I'll, the answer I'll is no. Venture to say none. Wait, Dave yeah. Bickler, he's still alive. Then maybe it was the other guy. The other guy. Died. Which one, one was, of the guys died? Which one was killed by the tiger? <laughs> Damn! Now we got to look that up. Killed by a tiger. <laughs> da, da, da. There go. Y'all know Tony the tiger. Instead of Eye of the Tiger, they came out with Killed by a Tiger. Killed by a tiger. 
James, somebody Jameson died. Okay. Yeah. Uh, scroll down to the to the member thing. Right. Jimmy Jameson. Jimmy Jameson. The first and then, guy. And then do a thing on Jimmy Jameson and see if he he did the uh, uh, the real men wow, of genius. Wow, he wrote the uh, performing uh, the Baywatch. He did. Bay- I love Baywatch. The, he wrote theme? the theme. Yeah. I thought that was. Oh, you know what? Yeah, because I always think it sounds very much like uh, Bruce Hornsby. Yes. The piano. The, the, the piano, yeah. Man, I must be getting this all wrong. He had, well, it says nothing about... Did uh, any of this at all happen? He died of a heart attack. Do, uh, well, search, search real men of genius singer. Because right. okay. I may be way off on this. No, you, I think you're right, Preston. One of the guys, the guy who did the real men of genius, the, the, the rocking voice, singer. was at least in one of those bands. But I think it was Survivor. And we had him... Did he... he did he that called guy... up. I think we talked to him. Well, he also, he I know he did a Real Man of Genius for Jackson. Did he do one for the Preston Steve show? Yeah, and some genius had him put a date on it, which oh, you can never use it no. after that date. And it was about uh, Live 8, that concert that was going on. At oh, the, yeah. Yeah, and, and it was, it, we had one made for us, and uh, and somebody put it in there. Hold on, so, uh, vocals oh. sung by Dave Bickler. The Bickler, the who, big man. Who is this guy? Right. Yeah, so he's not dead. He's still alive. All right, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> We're so I mean, sorry to hear that. Yes. Here was the Jackson Real Men of Genius one, but uh, Case, you probably won't find ours because Bud it was present. You couldn't use it. Real Men of Genius. Real Men of Genius. Today we salute you, Jackson. Afternoons on the Mighty MMR. Jackson Afternoons on the Mighty MMR. Brilliant, a rigged game of radio rock, paper, scissors. What's next? Radio charades? Radio poker? Another royal flush. All right, anyway. I like that, though. Yep. I forgot that we had one. <sighs> we did. I was, I was a little pissed off about that. Mm. That bastards. Yeah. All right, anyhow, um, this has been your uh, Real Man of Genius conversation. Rest uh, in peace. We're, we're, may he rest in peace. Dave Bickler. Killed this very day by a tiger. Yeah. All right. So we're going to take a break. We'll come back in a second, and uh, we'll get ready to wrap things up. We'll return shortly. Stay with us. 93.3 WMMR proudly supports the inaugural Market Street Run for Blue. Presented by Wawa. Sunday, October 27th, the event benefits the Philadelphia Police Foundation with a run through historic Old City to 30th Street Station and back for a post-run festival at Penn's Landing featuring food and beverages courtesy of Wawa. Awards for top finishers in multiple age groups and fun for the whole family. Click events at WMMR.com for all the details and to get signed up. Sunday, October 27th. It's the Market Street Run for Blue. Presented by Wawa. 93.3 WMMR is putting Philly first. We are very happy to have our next guest here in the studio with us. You've seen him for years in uh, movies and television shows, game shows, comedy, stand-up uh, specials, and all that good stuff. Kid shows. Louis Anderson yeah. is here. Hey. Hi, everybody. How you doing, Louis? I'm great. 905 or something. <laughs> how can you not be just so happy to be out? You were saying how thrilled you were to wake up I early. Was, I got up and I was going, oh, this is one of those beds they advertise where you, <laughs> the, just, the sleep number was go back to sleep. <laughs> you know? and, uh, and then you just get up. You force yourself up in the morning. You go, all right, now, right foot. Get that over the bed, left foot. <laughs> yes. You know, and you just have to go, and you got to get up, and you just have to shake it off. And then 
you know, you have to, you know, comics, we have to get up early to be ready for nine. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, just, like, yeah. just like with you guys, you can't just get up, roll out of bed and drive in here, can you? No. No, I mean, you got to get up. You have to, like, do that thing where you open your eyes real wide and go, okay. Yeah. You know, I, you, I have to take a shower in the morning. Yeah. There's, there's something about that that, yeah. that finally gets me going. Without it, I'm, I'm a mess. Yeah. I you just know. wet a towel. <laughs> <laughs> and just lay it over me for a while. Just, just <laughs> wait. To bring me back. <laughs> the same way you might try to resuscitate yeah. someone. Especially if it isn't your towel. <laughs> What do you care? <laughs> right. You said you used to, we were talking before you came on, and you used to, uh, when you played in this area, you'd play the Valley Forge. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and that was a great theater. Right. I think the last time I played there, actually, John Panette, I think, might have been, my, he might have stopped by and did a set. You know, he was a great guy. He and, was, yeah. yeah. And I opened for the Pointer Sisters there, opened for Smokey wow. Robinson there. Wow. Um, they would get wild. I, I was telling you that I, at the Sister Theater, which was the Westbury yeah. Music Fair yeah, up yeah, in New York, yeah. I saw Bob Hope there. Right. They would do everything from rock bands to revered. Roseanne com- and I played both. We played the, when we did our first tour, we played uh, Westbury and then we came down here. We played all the tents. You know, we were yeah, up yeah. in the East Coast. You know, uh, in where are those things up by Boston? All those melody tents and people who perform know these, right? Right, these yeah, yeah. Kind of indoor, outdoor places sure. where they just do them in the summer. Yeah, and it was just uh, fun, and it was in the round, so yeah, it was. You, you know, you kind of had to get used to that. At first, you're like, oh my god. Well, you had to get used to it as an audience member too. And I grew up going to the Valley Forge Music Fair. The first yeah. concert I ever saw was Chicago there, oh, which was man. phenomenal. I saw I the Pointer that. Sisters, which was yeah. pretty, pretty great as well. They but came it, in three limos. The did Pointer they? Sisters yeah. did? They never came together in one limo. Because you got to have your I thought, this is family. We are family. <laughs> this is exactly how family. Isn't that how family acts? I'm not riding in a limo with her. Right? Totally. That just made me go right back to my childhood. But I miss that place. I mean, there's not many theaters like that anymore. And like you mentioned, it was in the round. The, the stage rotated. Howie Mandel did a bit one time where uh, a lady got up, left to go to the bathroom, and he got everybody in one section to switch and get into the other section. So when she came back down, she was utterly confused. And oh, started that's so calling good. Out. But it, was, yeah. it allowed for the, the act to have a little bit of fun with the audience as well. Yeah, it was a really good thing. It was, you just had to immediately not take it personal. Yeah. You know, as a comic, you couldn't worry about, because comics are self-conscious. And what's that? <laughs> um, <they're, laughs> who's behind me? You know, they're thinking, oh, they're looking at my back. What are they thinking? Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Because yeah, you, you do, you it's you want to have command of, of your environment. You you take the stage and you want focus to be on you, and it's right. disorienting. Uh, you mentioned uh, the family, and, and um, you're the second... Youngest of eleven, correct? yes, yeah, wow. Uh, and obviously, you, you you talked about your family in the uh, in the animated series, yeah. And just in general, in in your life, how much does that placement in a family that big? How much did that work to making your sense of humor develop? You know, people ask that question, but when you grow up in a family of eleven, yeah, with a twenty year span in between the oldest and the youngest, you grow up in three families. Yeah, you got the older kids who are either in prison. <laughs> Or in college, right. or in the Air Force. Uh, yeah, you know. And when you, if you're poor, they're either in prison or Air Force. <laughs> All right, they're hardly ever in college. Right. And then you got the middle family, who are, 
you know, they're kind of there, but they're in there. And then you have the group I grew up with. There were four of us, three of us, well, four of us, my two sisters and my little brother and me. And so then these other people would come in. The older people would come in and hit everybody. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's kind of how... Well, you know, they were they were the people who controlled everything, who would come in and go, Dad's nice now. He was a lot meaner when we were kids. Yeah. You have it made. Shut up. Yeah. I'm taking your bike. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like this. They're almost like aunts and uncles in a yeah. way. Because my, my, yeah. my wife is the youngest of nine. And her her sister, my sister in law, has nine, mm-hmm. and the different groups are like different camps. Are sort of they they sort of take care of the younger, and it's yeah. There's lots of that. Yeah, yeah that, that that chain of, of events. we were mostly always trying to kill our father. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's weird is is my little brother got away with more with less people in the house. Like when he was a junior and senior in high school. We were in college and my sister was out, so my parents really only had to focus on one child. Yeah, and he. Did more. He partied yeah. more than anybody, yeah. and, and he got away with. More. Well, you know what I found out is your older siblings don't know this, but the younger siblings are looking through their stuff at all times. <laughs> yeah, their yeah, yeah. records, their drawers, whatever is in there. Yep. There, and so it's all gleaming down. So oftentimes, that younger child doesn't have a lot of things. The parents are really worn out tired so these are not they're not really watched and they're just like whatever you want to do yeah you couldn't be worse than your brother and so they take that as a challenge i think sometimes you know and i think that that's the biggest thing about having that there's no way anybody could get any kind of constant care yeah you know what i mean and nurturing and you know so you never all lived together no we lived well i guess we did when i was really young you know like when i was two three four okay you know, but I think at two, my brother would have already been 16. And I know he went in the Marines. Yeah, there's a nine-year difference between yeah. my, 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 my older brother and my, myself. And, it, and it's, it, it, it's, it doesn't seem like, I know he's my brother and I love him to death, but it's yeah. still a step removed. It's a little weird. And my sisters all got married very young. Okay. They got out. Yeah, they got yeah. pregnant and got married. <laughs> they got out. Yeah. They got out. You know, with a with a family your size, we were talking about the Duggars the other day with that whole story yeah. going on. And, and you know, there's, what, 19, 20 of them 20, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That statistically, when you have numbers like that, uh, just looking at the at the, the stats of the United States, it, somebody's going to be a pervert in there. And yeah. somebody's going to be oh, a drug yeah. addict. And somebody's yeah. going to be, you know. And a, any family that comes off that suite, <laughs> yeah. they just go, mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. When the hairstyles are from the 30s, <laughs> you, know, when the mother, you know, it's just a, listen, that is just, that's too many people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you are... You know, when, when a camera comes on a family, there can only be insanity that ensues because people are living two lives. Yes. When the cameras are on and when the cameras are off. Yep. That's not normal. No, no it never is. And you're is. not going to see normal life. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, people get seduced by that money because they go, listen, we're, we're all going to get $5,000. <laughs> so just shut up. <laughs> Because we need this money, yeah. right? Yeah, Am I yeah, right? Though yeah. I mean, if Just they were they paying want. you five thousand dollars, or it was going into a fund, yeah, you would go yes. If you have milk yeah. now, and you didn't have it before all the time, <laughs> yeah. you don't care because right. you know people don't realize when you grow up poor, 
you don't have milk sometimes. Yeah, yeah. You have to wait to get some milk. You know, yeah. And you, you were, you were Saint Saint Paul, was it? Saint Paul. Yeah, yeah. And what, Roosevelt what, projects. Well, okay, so you guys, it was obviously it was a, 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 a there was a a level of um, having to do without when you have especially that many kids. Well, we had eleven kids. My dad was an alcoholic, so oftentimes he would blow his check after on me. that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you know, when you have all that, my mom was a great person. She really. Really was a saint to keep us all together. And she said she was, but, she, she, she was a doting mom. She dote on all of you? Yeah. She, well, yeah. She overdoted. Yeah. She underdoted. <laughs> you know, I had to have this conversation with my daughter, who's nine, because when we were on vacation, my wife and I were playing this game. We got the check when we went out to dinner, and uh, we pretended like we didn't have any money that we were going to have to wash dishes. So my daughter, she was believing us, and she got really, really afraid. And then so she has this fear of us running out of money. Okay, because of you, because of me. Yeah. 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 So and, let's um, do something fun. <laughs> let's make Susie. Is it Susie? Well, that's actually my cat's name, but uh, no, my daughter's name is Casey. So okay. Oh, oh, sweet. Yeah. So let's scare Casey because you know she's so you know she's got no problem. <laughs> <laughs> Honey, I feel like doing. I don't really want this. Is will be our excitement for the night. Yeah, it was funny. To make her laugh. Okay. So what happened then? So, so I had to explain to her later uh, that because she has a, a nice life now. She lives in a yeah. nice house. And, right. You know, you got the minivan with the TV in it, and you know they go to a good school. And so I had to explain to her that if, even if we didn't have any of this stuff, mm-hmm. we would be okay. Even if we didn't have money, we mm-hmm. would be fine as long as you know we love each other and all. Because I grew up in a house where you know we weren't poor, but my parents worked hard, and and you yeah. know, and and I think at the time as a child, I didn't. Um, I didn't know where money was coming and going and, and all that sort of stuff. And it didn't matter. It didn't matter. Like, I was thinking about this uh, as I was putting my son to bed in his nice bed that actually had a frame and, and uh, you know, a headboard and all that. So I didn't have that. Yeah. And and at one point, I got, like, my aunt's bed was, a, you know, a hand-me-down. Yeah. And it never mattered to me. It never mattered yeah, I don't one think, bit. Like, I don't think we thought, oh, we're poor. But we were poor. But I don't think we – only when people pointed it out did we realize it or did we care about it. Right. You know what I mean? But it was – you know, it's more, it's more embarrassing when it comes to you got to go to school. Yeah, yeah. And you got to – you're all where all the kids who are poor wearing welfare coats because mm. you got a, you got a uh, voucher from the welfare department to go to a certain store and get winter coats in Minnesota. Right? Yeah. So all the welfare kids that would line up would have all the welfare coats. Yeah. We would all have the same coats on. And then after Christmas, you had to make up stuff you got. Oh, really? Oh, no. Yeah, because you didn't oh, get anything. Because yeah. your dad was oh. drinking and you didn't get anything. Louis, is so, that. Is yeah, because you, I know that the, the homeless homeless charity that you started is, is yeah. with your was is was your, from my brothers who were you yeah. know uh, schizophrenic. So okay. you know a lot of people are homeless not because they're right. poor but because they're Their conditions. They, yeah. Well, they think people are you know trying to get them. Yeah, yep. yeah. You know that's a common thing with schizophrenia. Yep. And paranoia. People are trying to get you. So your experience growing up had to and in, in, obviously informed a lot of your. Your decision it, to, to it, work on this. Yeah. Well, you know, I just, you know, I was always, when your brother's homeless, yeah, you think, is he okay? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So my, my uncle dealt with that, and yeah. uh, so I can relate. And, and I've, Yeah, you just, you know, 70 million people right now are <laughs> one paycheck away from being homeless. It's, it's, yeah. Well, it, and people don't, here's how you become homeless. You lose your job, right? If you have one in the first yeah, place. Then you lose your apartment or your house, right? 
and then you live in your car, and then you got to sell your car so you have money, so now you're homeless. Just like that. It's just like that. It isn't... It isn't so like you're kicked out. It's just a gradual thing because you don't want to stay at people's houses. Right. We do a food drive every year. It's actually the single largest food drive, I think, in the country. And, single largest single-sponsored food drive in the country. And and I think the point we try to hammer home the most is that, you know, a lot of times this is going to working poor people. So it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not somebody who decided to stick a needle in their arm. And, uh, you know, uh, it, it, these are people who are working very hard. And, you know, sometimes it's just. You know, wherever you work, mm-hmm. in this place included, mm-hmm. somebody is getting food from a shelter yeah. or a, a bank right now that mm-hmm. you work with that you don't know about because they're not doing well. But anyways, you know, we're still the richest, greatest country, you know, in so many ways. Yes. You know, we have so much and we give so much. And I think you're right. I think our childhood experiences uh, shape if we're going to give or do things that are more important. Mm-hmm. You know where you can always get a job is a McDowell's. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah. I want it to be very a, good. I'm going to be on lettuce pretty soon. So. <laughs> Watch out. I, uh, I know that that was most fun things ever. All right. But, and I'm sure that there are morons like me that ask you about it all the time. Yeah, but it was, you're it not was, a moron. Uh, it was uh, a couple of decades ago for you. And then it, it's, uh, I don't know how long you were on set or, or how long the experience was for you. But for me, it sort of becomes a lifelong thing. For those this, who don't know the reference, yeah, I'm sorry, I just yeah. want to yeah. yeah. spell yeah. it out. It's coming to America, which is right. a great movie. Um, so yeah, it, it's just it's a great scene and it's a great ensemble cast and and you fit in perfectly in it and those guys who are actually working hard at McDowell's you know you're sort of encouraging them. Well, I'll tell you the whole quick story. I won't drag it out. So in nineteen what was it 80, 88? 87, 80, right. 88, I think I'm sitting at uh, at um, what's the name of the place? Oh God, this is when you get older. You just go what? Your head's like that eight ball thing. You got to shake it. <laughs> Right? Oh, you, there's a restaurant? Yeah, is this saying, the Eddie Murphy's? Yeah. Okay. You know yeah. that story? I, I, yes, oh, please. Well, no, I please tell it. Tell it. Well, one. you know, I'm sitting there. Eddie comes in. I know Eddie from the comedy store. I'd always say to him, you should be cleaner. and Because <laughs> uh, you're so funny. You don't need yeah. to be dirty. But I didn't get that whole thing right there. Uh, but anyways, we were always friendly. You know, comics give be each other jokes. And he brought his whole entourage into this restaurant. It's a very famous restaurant on Robertson Boulevard. And I can't think of the name of it. But... A uh, uh, higher end, at least a very Ivy? high, high, end. high end. It's place. just to be seen. Right. Is it the yeah, Ivy? Just, Ivy, yes. Yeah, thank right. you. Right oh, on Robert. I worked on the Enterprise right down the road. Okay, well, yeah. you're the best. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> thank you. What's the Enterprise? What did uh, I miss? It was also on Robert. Oh, you did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Drove cars around. Yeah. Uh, well, they'll deliver the car, but not really. Yeah. It's a big deal to get Enterprise to really deliver the car. Well, you're gonna have to shut up. I wanted just at the house leave the keys i'm not signing anything <laughs> um that's how i want so i meet at the ivy eddie comes in so i'm from minnesota i'm just having some success i've done the tonight show a few times you know i'm feeling my own yeah and i say to the waiter very midwestern thing hey when i leave put eddie's bill on my credit card but don't tell him because i don't want i didn't do it for him to to tell him yeah so I do it. The next day, I get a call. Hey, uh, it's Eddie. 
He goes, hey, nobody's ever picked up my check before. I'm sure at that point, he's yeah. always the one picking up the check. Yeah, and yeah. it was 600 and some dollars, you yeah, know, yeah. and I go, ooh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Six, you know, just yeah, very yeah. Midwestern, yeah. 600. <laughs> oh, they must have the shrimp. <laughs> uh, Remember when your dad would go, you're not having shrimp. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to live in shrimp at some point <laughs> so he says i'm doing this little movie called uh, coming to america i want you to do a part in it so he extensively uh, ex- that's not the right word but um yeah yeah he wrote a part he wrote that or created that part for me in that movie and i met and then i went and i had to meet with steve landis who had done Twilight Zone and John Landis, right, or John Landis yeah. Steve's brother, and, <laughs> and always make the story work for yourself. Uh, cousin to Sylvia Landis, and uh, the whole on Landis Carl's show. side. Yeah. Um, yeah. But anyways, I had to meet with him, and he had just gone through this, you know, where everybody wanted him held accountable for the deaths in that Twilight Zone. Yeah, Vic yeah. Morrow, uh, yeah, so, helicopter accident, and the kids. There were kids. Yeah, there were kids, yeah. and. Um, so I had a wonderful meeting with him. I went on the set, and that's where I really learned about fame. I thought I was popular. I thought I had a little juice. That's where I, I was on that, right on uh, whatever boulevard that was in Queens, where it was an old Wendy's, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they had a big fence outside Queens Boulevard, I think it was, or whatever that was. Some of you all know it. And... So Eddie had a bus because there was no dressing rooms. We had trailers, and Eddie had a giant big bus that was his dressing room. And when the and there were five thousand people every day. Wow! Outside there, I mean, it's the height of the height of his. I it's, mean, people are fanatical. Yeah, yes. Eddie Murphy. They're crazy Murphy. Yeah, yeah. And so the door of the bus would open, and the fence chain link would bow in. Whoa. Right? And I go, oh, my God. Everybody's pushing on I go, that's fame. Yeah. Yeah. And I would open my door, nothing. (laughs) Zero. Uh, People go, close that door. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. You also also shared a scene with an uh, up-and-coming young actor, (laughs) Samuel L. Jackson. Yes. Which was pretty. He he gave you that badass Samuel L. Jackson screaming at you. Yeah. You know what's so funny is I wasn't there for that moment. Really? Really? Because I think they didn't want to hurt my feelings. (laughs) You know, quite honestly, that was shot. I mean, I met... Yeah, because he says he says fat boy. Yeah, yeah. And I never knew that that they shot that. I wasn't there. No, kidding. but then I came back and I shot the startled look. You know. Oh, that's and, wild that they would. Isn't, you usually don't hear well, being people. That yeah, consider it. Uh, Landis is a great yeah. director, and very everybody very considerate. Eddie Murphy. I don't know. Sometimes people give him a bad time, but I never I never work with anyone funnier on set. You know, that would change it, more engaging. Everybody on that set, the guy from ER that went on. Oh, uh, yeah. LaSalle. Yeah. 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 And John Amos. And John Amos was on it, and and Darth Vader was. Uh, uh, Yeah. Darth Vader. Do you know what's funny, though? Louis, (laughs) get out of the burgers. It's it's a collection of people, and the movie was got decent reviews when it yeah. came out. And as with so many movies like that, it, it is now at cult status. Yeah. It's a cult classic, and uh, but it was that moment in time. Now, up to that point, 
Was that your that was your big film? Would that be your big movie break? I would say that was my only really big movie thing. And then there was I never the, was a very good actor, to the, be honest with you. The Wrong Guys was after that. Mm-hmm. That okay. was a lot of fun because okay. I got to work with all my friends. All right, all right. But did, does acting is that something that is? Because, I would never play the fat guy part. Right, and that's you know that one. that gratuitous fat guy part that yeah. they always want to put fat guys in that slovenly character. Yeah, so I always turn those roles down. And the, and but your stand up is you 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 do you know you do I like talk characters. About, yeah, I talk so. about my weight and everything. But what I'm saying is, I think those characters kill you. Yeah, yeah. I think those are not good. I, I just wouldn't play them. And and so, uh, but uh, your your experience on that movie with Landis with Murphy. Is- oh my God! I mean, you know that was we just had a 25 year anniversary, I guess, in '09, right? That's wild. Yeah. That's terrifying. Isn't it? That's terrifying. Wait, I'm looking at, at Louis' IMDb. He was in a movie that we referenced from time to time, Rat Boy. Oh, Rat, yeah. Rat Boy. That's <laughs> with Sandra Locke. Uh, former ex. Clint, Clint Eastwood. Did he show up on the yeah. set? Well, he came, yeah. He was very nice. Yeah. But, you know, I wasn't very good, and I just uh, I just never was. I, I hated to do other people's words. But you do like you do dialects and you do characters in your standup. Was yeah. my, my original point yeah, yeah, is that yeah. you, you actually become different people as you're talking. I think I am a good actor now. Yeah, I think I'm a really good actor now. But you know, I was really like afraid. I think comics are afraid. Do you think so? I, yeah, yeah, I think we're really like we're we're damaged goods, you know. And so we just try to get through it. Isn't it funny though that if you're if uh, comics who are, tend to be a little damaged a little bit yeah. though, put themselves in a situation where they're constantly like at a Roman Coliseum getting the thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. They're going to have sitcoms that are pilots that are going to fail. Yeah. You were up for the original role of uh, it was cousin I did Larry. The, I did the pilot. For Perfect Strangers. Yeah. What happened with that? I the guy they um there couldn't be two funny guys. Was, was that it? Well, I mean, that was my take. I did a lot in developing that show, too, but... Oh, did you? So you were cousin... And that's why I really learned about show business. When they fired me over the phone through my agents, my, I was crushed. I was a Midwesterner. I was crushed. Yeah. They go, hey, they're going to replace you. What? Yeah. You know, it just was like that. Mm-hmm. And they're going to replace you with one of... Uh, and my agents replaced it with one of their people. So I just went, oh, I hate all of you. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're no good. You're scum. <laughs> yeah. You should have come to me. There should have been a meeting and said, hey, it's not working. We're going to replace you. And I would have been devastated, but I would have been able to, you know, not feel that way. But I guess there's no good way, right? Well, th- I think the you way know, you're saying would have been. But I don't think way- people do it. Like, I don't think they, they don't do They're it. not built like that. Yeah. You know, they always, that's why they hire uh, HR people. To, to, to be the to hatcher. That, yeah. yeah. But really, like, if you're good, if you've worked with somebody for almost a year on something, and then you get the call, you just think, oh, this is why people go crazy. Did that yeah. happen with, with Family Feud because you were hosting the show? Were you replaced or did you quit? No, they replaced me because I had a, I had, uh, I had an unbelievable contract. Yeah. So I made, I didn't want to do the show. It was between me and Dolly Parton. And which is a good story in itself, but I had bigger breasts. So, <laughs> so um, I got, I had a really good, I have a really good lawyer, and he made the contract so that every year I got a considerable bump. Okay. So at the end of the third year, if they paid me for the fourth year, I would be making more maybe than the show was making. Okay. 
So, you know, because there's a smaller margin than you think in these things right. for the shows. You know, I mean, you know, I'm not saying more than the show, but let's say they have to pay me uh, $3 million at that time. Yeah. They'd have to pay me $3 million. So why pay me $3 million when you can get somebody for a half a million that it isn't going to make that much difference in the ratings? Although it did. I had the highest ratings. Probably since, I think the last time, I think what's his name now? Richard Dawson? No, the Steve Harvey. Oh, Steve Harvey. Harvey. I think yeah. he, he's doing a great job. Yeah. He's perfect for that show. Do you like doing the, do you like that? Oh, it's the most fun job. Yeah. 35 days, shoot 180 shows. Jeez. Make a million dollars. Hell yes. Huh? How can you yeah. be out there? Survey says. <laughs> Give me the money. <laughs> oh. Are there any memorable answers that you just kind of hold with One you is so my funny? favorite, but not dirty or anything. Just, I mean, they have one where somebody said to some uh, kid, actually, said, name something that gets bigger as you get older. And they said, penis, <laughs> you know, which I laughed at. But the best one I had, a woman in Chicago, and I'm doing the thing, and I go, name a, prepa- name a way you prepare chicken. Yeah. And she goes, thawed out. <laughs> and I said, oh, I love you. I, I love you. Thought out. I just thought, you're so right, honey. Thought out. Actually, they, they have a whole, it's like a, a two or three minute compilation of the best slash worst answers on, on oh, yeah. And I have laughed out loud watching that. Yeah. You know, it was a great show. And you know why I took that show? As a job. Well, not just the money, but because I really, it did, I did get a lot of flack for becoming a game show host from a lot of people. But Really? Yeah, it was funny to me. Like, I went, really? Yeah. I don't know. I grew up watching that show in the projects where Richard Dawson, my dad's in the, in his chair. I'm sitting on the edge of the couch. My mom's in the kitchen and I'm, and my dad, look at Richard, look at him, look at him get all over their faces. (laughs) What kind of human being? Was he a foreigner? What, huh? (laughs) Uh, and uh, and so we would, <laughs> your dad would comment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, suck in the face of that one. <laughs> is there any? Yeah, is there any hope for the world? <laughs> you know, he would just go after him. Look at this. Oh, he would go off. Oh, on yeah. It. And my mom would go. I think he's handsome. <laughs> you would. You know. <laughs> I think he's charming. And then you know we would play the game. You know everybody plays that game. Yeah, I don't yeah. care if you're the president. Yeah. You're playing that game. You if get sucked you in. Walk into that game, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I thought when they offered me the job, how could I not take that job? Yeah. I watched it with my family. Yeah. I'm a game show person. I love watching game shows. Mm-hmm. And 35 days a year as a job? Yeah. Fantastic job. Absolutely. Did you ask uh, Did you ask Richard Dawson to, to do a yeah, job? Yeah, he, he wouldn't him. do it. He wouldn't do it. Ah. But, you know, I heard, that the he torch. Had, I, th- I heard he had agoraphobia. Oh, did really? You, did you yeah. get uh, flack from other comedians? Do you think they were jealous? No, I think they thought it was beneath me as a talent, oh. which really surprised me. I go, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it was, sure. you know, it was, I just always did things that seemed okay. I asked a lot of people, you know, I never just jumped in and did a gig, you know, this or that, but it was a great job. I, I It was probably the best job ever. I still get people... Like, I just did it with the Timberwolves at one of their things. You did a, a feud? I did a feud. Yeah, yeah oh, that's the great. Wolves, Timberwolves feud. You know, people want me to do it from time to time. And I, I just think it was the most fun 
It is the most fun thing to do. Whose idea was it to do the uh, the cops versus the firemen after 9-11? Well, I, don't, I think, I don't know whose credit was, but I know that I was all for it. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things is, is I changed it from being 10000 to 20000 I badgered them, and I always think they've been mad at me about that ever since. <laughs> they, you know, because I made it double. Right, yeah. They, they had to give away double the money. Wow. But they're all friends of mine at the, uh, you know, at... Um, Fremantle and the the people who do it, the and the does. feud people, Gabby at the Family Feud, who's done it since Dawson. Um, all the people are still there; they're still all good friends of ha- mine. Have you been offered any other uh, game shows since? Or I have. I was gonna. I was up for twenty one against uh, whoever that guy is. I forget his name. Now they're all doing it. Yeah. Now, yeah. Now, now, now they realize it is a coveted. That's the how he called me and said, "Do you think I should do uh, deal? 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 Yeah, and look at that. I said you should. Yeah, it was huge. I said you should. Yeah, Yeah. and then he got America's Got Talent. I mean, Howie is parlay. Who is working more than Howie Mandel? Crazy, right? And who's nicer? He's the nicest guy in the world. That's very cool. So you're a big sports fan too. I am. All right, football, basketball, hockey, baseball. You know Minnesota, so you know. Vikings look pretty good. Uh, let's see, <laughs> you know, pain. you just you know, you just hope you just hope that they're right. you know really great. Twins are half game out of the wild card, I think, or a game. Yeah, you know, so you know, I was always a big uh, Twins fan because my dad okay. was a. That's the one thing we did. We, we'd watch the Twins game, or he would yell at the TV, "Take him out!" <laughs> For God's sakes, will we go in and pitch this game? <laughs> funny about that is that it, that can either um, it can really turn you off from sports or it can really turn you into a giant sports fan. You want to you want to agree. My kids, well, I'm very competitive, right? So yeah, you talk about the, the the experience of watching with your dad. Experience of watching with your dad, it, it yelling, does, it, your dad yelling at the TV. Yeah. That's the same thing with me. I mean, I, my love of movies. That thing was something I shared with my dad. So when yeah. you describe it in your act and when you do the voice yeah. and the whole interaction thing, yeah. it resonates completely because I I love that. Those are some of my favorite memories. You know, we're really all products of our parents. Yeah. Either we're the product of we're like them or we're the product of, God, I'm never going to be like that. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, yeah, you know, we don't, they're the first people that we bond with and that we see and we see all their stuff, you know? Yeah. My six-year-old already knows that uh, the Cowboys suck. <laughs> she already knows it. Well, they do. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, how can they not? No. I'm so just do you kidding. hate the Cowboys as much as we do no, because of what they did with uh, Herschel? And I don't. You know, here's how I look at it. It's business. See, I can look at it as a business. And also, you know, men are sick about sports. Women are not quite this sick. They don't even understand us. We're sick. Like, yeah. like people. Like I do a joke about LeBron coming back. <laughs> You know, and my friend was going to get a divorce. I go, did you get the divorce? And he goes, well, LeBron came <laughs> So if I can forgive him, I can forgive her. Oh, that's great. You know, because that's how men think. Yeah. You know, and all we want is one championship at least. You know, the Vikings, you know, we've been to the Super Bowl almost as much as the Buffalo, you know. Yeah, yeah. And so, so. You know, but the Twins won two championships, and I was really good friends with Harmon Killebrew, so that was wow. a really cool, no cool thing in my life. He's a legend. Yeah, we, yeah. you know, he built, uh, I did some benefits. He built um, playgrounds for kids with disabilities out of rubber 
baseball fields so they could play without getting hurt. Nice. That's That's awesome. What a great guy he yeah. was. Man, I love Kirby. Rest his soul. Kirby Puckett growing up was Kirby Puckett. Yeah. yeah. And he I, was a, just I was a Rod Carew. I'm much older than you. Okay. So I was a Rod Carew. I was really like... Uh, all the from that era, but Kirby was over. was like my height, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, it's like a little guy can still do really well. Yeah. And his name was Kirby. And his name was Kirby. <laughs> That's yeah, probably yeah, why I liked yeah. him the most. And Kent Herbeck, <laughs> I just liked him because he had a weird yeah. last name. Herbeck came to my show in Vegas one time and went, "Hey man, what is he saying?" You know. And he came and he was really, you know, I'm kind of like a square. Yeah. Let's go out, man. We'll tear up the town. Oh Jesus, that sounds dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what's great about your? your and, and I was reading. I guess it was. Uh, I forget. It was David Dennis Miller talked yeah, about your, yeah. your, your effortless stage presentation. You're so true. You're such a pure. <laughs> <laughs> He's so spot on. He's so right. but, oh, God, but, but there Dennis. is a there is a just below the benign nature. There is a very nice sarcastic malevolence that yeah. works there. Mm-hmm. And would you agree? That's kind of your. You know, I yeah, like I I'm seething. Yeah, <laughs> with a smile. Seething with a smile. Okay. Aren't we all? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Isn't anybody with a brain going? Ugh. <laughs> God help me! I was, huh? And people used to say, "I don't know why he killed his whole family," and I go, "I don't know why it doesn't happen more often." I don't think you. I don't think you start out where you're going to kill everyone, but the rush of the first one must carry you right through to the dog. <laughs> it was true. too dark, though. It was I love too it, dark, though. But... I was telling Preston about, uh, and I was just dying because I was watching some older stand-up of yours, the the meat tooth. The concept of the meat tooth as yeah. you get older. Oh. Yeah. You know, after you eat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And you have to get it out. I don't care if you're talking to the president. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Trump, but uh, do you have a business card I can use? Uh, I use these passes. Yeah. Right here all the time. It's right here, and I've had it fixed, and it didn't work. And they fixed it with pork, so eventually... God. I love it. Well, listen, we got we got to wrap things. Oh up. Oh my God, what a fun Louis. show! It's oh, been a good time. Oh, Thank I you love for you guys coming by here. We'll we'll send you back to your sleep number bed. Yeah. So you can... <laughs> It'll be impossible to sleep to sleep now today. That's how good this show. Oh, is. oh thank you, sir. Well, at Louis Anderson on Twitter, all right. Instagram. You know oh, I'm so happy Instagram did that thing. The pictures. Oh that you can my fit god, them all I've been there. trying to get my fat head on a picture <laughs> for so long. The, hey, we got to get a big picture for Instagram. We'll, yeah, we'll yeah, 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 Well, and we'll put all your social media uh, accounts on our website at PrestonSteve.com. Mr. Louis Anderson. Thanks, Louis. Thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. We're going to break and we'll be right back. Stay there. Get social with Preston and Steve and WMMR. Facebook, Twitter, you know, the usual places. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Steven Singer's Ready for Love Diamond Engagement Rings are ready to go. <laughs> Whether your budget's $500 or $5,000, Steven has the perfect ring for you at the perfect price. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly. IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR 
presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Files. And the Bizarre Files brought to you by the October Auto Fest at Hyundai City. This fall air has brought out their best deals of the year. More savings, more for your trade, more overall value. Shop now at HyundaiCity.com. Casey, I'm leading with a story oh, man. for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, and this is, this is terrible. Two teenagers were mauled in separate shark attacks on the same stretch of North Carolina Beach, both suffering light-threatening injuries. These weren't just a little bite. No. Two of them, they're oh. losing limbs, both of them, by the way. A 13-year-old girl lost part of her arm oh. when she was bitten by a shark in an attack that occurred around 440 yesterday in Oak Island. The girl lost part of her left arm and may lose her left leg wow. as well. Jeez. And just over an hour later, EMS received a call that a 16-year-old boy was attacked on a beach roughly two miles from where the girl was attacked, and he may have lost his arm as well. So they're thinking it could could have been a rogue shark and someone who saw what they believe, the, the, at least the silhouette of the shark, thinks it was a bull shark, which uh, but- are the most vicious. Both of the teens were airlifted to New Hanover Regional Medical Center, and both were out of surgery in stable condition last night. Uh, teams were out looking for any sharks that might have been involved in the attacks. There's a helicopter flying up along the beach to see if they can spot anything. Uh, beaches are open today, by the way, uh, but visitors are encouraged not to go into the water. Uh, given that these bites have led to such serious injuries, experts say it is highly likely that these are bigger sharks, either a tiger or bull sharks, uh, whose teeth and bites are designed to rip and tear. Jesus. And these incidents occurred just 30 miles up the coast from Ocean Isle Beach, where a 13-year-old girl was bitten by a shark on Thursday. Uh, she suffered lash- lacerations on her foot but was not severely injured in the incident. Oh, so, man. yeah, there's been a lot this year. I think I want to check out the beaches in Ohio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's really not going to be a problem for me because I don't even go into you the You don't ocean. go anywhere near the water. Now, in yeah. fact, lately, even when I just go in there to go to the bathroom, I go up to about knee level, right? And, uh, and you take I a dump? S- no, and then I sit down. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll be okay. No, okay. it's my kids. <laughs> you know, sharks focus in on urine. That's their, their big no, thing. No, they don't. Do they? <laughs> A man found a deadly black widow spider, Kathy. This one's for you. Okay. In his wow. ear canal. Oh, come on. We had to wash out Kathy's ear last week. This is everyone's darkest fears. Yeah, after feeling a tickling sensation in his ear, the man, who is from uh, Washington State, filmed a small arachnid scurrying on the inside of his ear. Oh, my God. Uh, the man published the footage online and spoke of the moments leading up to his nightmarish discovery. He said, I was using my phone camera as a way to see into my ear with the light provided. I did not care about recording. What I captured made me wish I was not seeing what I saw ever. He said, I felt a tickle at first, thought it was just in oh. my head, and then I realized that it was in my head. Yes, I did hear that effer scratch my insides. I spent over three hours rinsing it out. Two hours ah! right away. Yeah, did you see that? God, he came crawling out. Yeah, and one hour in the morning shower. You so see, it's, it's it was a black widow. It was a black watch. widow spider. Watch We're watching the, uh, the footage yeah. of this. Oh, yeah. good lord. Yeah, that's for real. Oh Holy. Uh, he said, I swear I still hear it, though. Damn mind tricks. He I'm said, coming back. I could not find the spider after swatting my face and ear up. I did look at my legs and body but could not find it, so I left the bathroom and turned my bedroom <laughs> lights on. Uh, lights on. What's the level of um, a venom in a black widow? It's enough to cause a, uh, a swelling and a... Yeah, it, I was, it's not lethal, it, right? I was curious about that. I'm well, thinking, was, Steve, if you, it, it's the type of thing with left untreated, you know, it, it could, could get it infected. Could exacid- and, yeah, but and, okay. And oh, well, that's good because I thought they were deadly. Well, you know what? 
look, Nick, can you look that up? Yeah. Black Widow Spider and uh, I, Venom and, and all that good stuff? Because I don't really know. I can't imagine the size of the thing that came yeah. out of this guy's ear taking him down. Is that yeah. is that video up on our website, Nick? Uh, no. We'll, we'll put it up. Yeah, we'll put it up. be seen by humanity again. <laughs> Here, it says uh, the, the venomous bite of these spiders is considered particularly dangerous because of the neurotoxin uh, latrotoxin which causes a condition of latrodectism, both named for the genus. Uh, The female black widow has unusually large venom glands, and her bite can be particularly harmful to humans. However, despite the genus notoriety, uh, the bites are rarely fatal. Okay. Okay. Rarely fatal. But they can be, I guess. Uh, he said he's reliving it in his mind and is more terrified now than when it actually happened. Uh, yeah, you so. would, that's the worst part is reliving it and thinking about it. Yep. Uh, a California woman with uh, cervical cancer underwent surgery after doctors mistook her tattoos on a body image scan for other tumors. They, oh, my God. The unidentified 32-year-old woman. This is a horrible, bizarre file. Lit up during a full-body image scan, leading doctors to believe her cancer had spread. And it wasn't until the mother of four had her uterus, cervix, fallopian tubes, and pelvic lymph nodes removed that doctors realized the bright spots in her tests were actually her tattoos. Uh, the doctor, excuse me, I gurgled. <laughs> the doctor said those lymph nodes that were... <laughs> That were lighting up brightly on the PET scan. We're doing so of the uh, because of the tattoo pigment that was in the lymph nodes. Uh, the woman who had more than 14 tattoos on her legs was injected with a radioactive tracer that makes tumors appear as bright spots on the scan. So Doc- no, nobody was nobody Doc- passed said this could have been a potential. No, all the people that were examining this later learned the lymph nodes actually contained deposits of uh, tattoo ink, not cancer. The scans findings did not change the doctor's original surgical plan, wow. which had called for the removal of the same organs. And the cancer-free woman has since recovered well. All right, but he did warn surgeons to be aware that tattoos could affect scans and ultimately treatment strategies. All right, and we'll do one more story. This has been a banner one. Severe flooding in the Georgian capital, and I need help on the pronunciation. Tbilisi? Tbilisi, Mm -hmm. that's it. Uh, Left at least 12 people dead Sunday and triggered a big game hunt across the city for lions, tigers, and hippos. Yeah. And other dangerous animals that escaped the uh, Tbilisi ravaged zoo. Uh, Residents were warned to stay indoors as police conducted the hunt, but fear... Uh, deepened as the night fell on the city of 1.1 million with some of the animals still on the loose. Heavy rain turned a normally pleasant city stream into fierce torrent that destroyed or damaged hundreds of homes. Twelve people were known to have died and about two dozen others were missing. There were no immediate reports that any of the dead were killed by animals, uh, which ran off after the floodwaters destroyed their enclosures. Among the beasts that escaped were bears, wolves, and monkeys. And a hippo, an extremely aggressive animal with the ability to run faster than humans in short bursts, Where's the Starbucks? was uh, spotted lumbering through a flooded square not far from the zoo. It was shot with a tranquilizer dart. The, President, in the video they were showing this morning, there are guys around the hippo yeah. pushing the hippo from behind. Now, the hippo, hippos kill more people in Africa than any other animal. Than lions, yeah. Other animals were hunted down and killed. The carcasses of at least a lion, a boar, and a tiger were seen, and zoo authorities said six wolves were also dead. Authorities said the animals may have fled to just about any corner of the city, including the forests on the steep hills in the city's heart. And the worst part, Preston, they had forged passports. Oh, my God. So So they're they're out of there. They're in trouble. All right, and there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file for you. Sorry. I don't make the news. I just report it, friends. Shark attacks, black widow spiders, and ravenous city-dwelling hippos. Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. What's new? Glad you asked. Dinosaur pile up. 
Godsman. The Struts. New music, more of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. He had uh, the Jets quarterback, Geno Smith, get punched out by uh, his teammates. Somebody with this really super long name. I.K.? Yeah, I.K. It's uh, Ike Mifuna Enikimpali. Yeah, yeah but, he's but so his, Swedish. His first name is, is not Ike, it's I.K. Anyhow, yeah. uh, it says his first name is I-K-E-M-E-F-U-N-A. Oh. Oh. So maybe they call him I-K. Okay, okay. So step off. I'm going to shoot these eyes at you. <laughs> All right. Yo, do you want me to uh, sucker punch you and knock you out and, and break your <laughs> jaw? You got too? a problem, man? <laughs> I, I could not. I don't know, but one of the dudes is wearing eye makeup. I could not believe this happened. The quarterback is absolutely, positively the most untouchable player yeah. on <laughs> your team. Bread and butter yes. of, of the whole deal. This altercation was especially, look, they're all dumb. Yeah. But this was over $600. Yeah. And apparently the quarterback had promised uh, to go to a charity event. Yep. And the uh, the, the other player had paid the 600 bucks to cover the flight. And the hotel. He didn't do it. No. And that did. caused the, the altercation. So the reason. That's a pretty he, dick move, though. It was a pretty dick well, move. Well, his brother was involved in a motorcycle accident, and, and his reason for not going was that he took his brother to the hospital. That's so what he says. Right? That's, that's a pretty good reason. Yeah. So right. that's. And so then, you know, he, he says, well, I'll pay you back. And, you know, the, then they're at training camp for two weeks, hasn't paid him back, and the altercation takes place. I would love to know exactly what happened in the altercation. I, I'm because, sure they're, they're in the locker room. I'm sure a lot of people saw it, but, but I, I've, I've not heard anyone else comment on it from the team. Because when I hear the coach has. When I hear sucker punch, I'm, I'm thinking that the guy getting punched is not facing the guy throwing the punch at all. Right. But see, see I, think, I think they're just not ready for it. Yeah. Like, they could be looking at them still, but they're just not ready for it. It's hard to sneak a punch on someone who's looking directly at you. Mm -hmm. You have to be super quick. But if if your guard's not up, if you're just sitting there having an argument, I would never think any of you would punch me in the face if we were having an argument. We always punch you from behind. No, but if you lifted it, you know what I mean? Like, that's Mm. for me, that would, like, throw me off so much. I think once you're arguing, if you're yelling back and forth, it's no longer a sucker punch. Your guard is up. Yeah. Yeah. And, Press, you were saying, like, uh, because you you did, you're a black belt in Krav Maga, that when people are arguing, they, they do the dumbest things and they keep their hands at their sides. It's it's a thing called posturing. Uh, it, it's it's kind of showing, I, I am not afraid of you. I right. don't care. They throw their hands back like right, this. Right, right, right. This is this, you've seen this move where people put their hands sure, up like yeah. this. It means, whatever, man, I, go ahead. I'm not afraid of you. When it's actually the stupidest possible thing you then could you close, do. First, and then you take that little bullseye applique, put it on your <laughs> right, chin, on your and chin. then close your eyes. But that's one of the things uh, that's done. The eyes get really wide like uh-huh. this, and and the arms come back. And what's the stance you should be at? You, I mean, you want to you want to you want to have your uh, you want to be off bent. You want to have your your foot staggered, yeah. your feet staggered a little bit, and you want to have your your uh, weight a little bit um, forward and ready to go. But you're not your fists aren't up. But you you said yeah, like, you always have your, have your hands by your yeah, chest, your hands, right? At least somewhere up here in case you because it's it's quicker to move Le- to protect. As if yourself. you're playing a a uh, an invisible accordion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, kind of yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> Or you can just kind of have your hands up, uh, yeah. uh, held together like this, or, or in a defensive uh, posture, like you know, look, yeah. I don't want any trouble with you, or something like. What that. about hidden fists, Preston? Yeah, uh, that's the real secret. <laughs> now, but you'd well, be in a tough t- situation. Sleeves. You have a short sleeve T-shirt on today. You'd have to. Right. S- you'd look like a Tyrannosaurus. <laughs> and you know what? Apparently, 
I can't even do it in this shirt. Apparently, my hidden fists were, I, I, I had the wrong technique because my fists are down at my side. I should have oh. them up. When you, when you were talking earlier about being at work, and, and I didn't realize you were to the point. I was, I was, I threatened to and would have followed through probably on putting my foot up this uh, this guy's ass. But you you actually were coming to blows and it had to be separated. Well, close. We yeah. started, you know, like uh, he said something that at the wrong time to me and I fired back at him. And then we kind of uh, we, we headed towards each other. OK, I got, got in between us. Yeah. Doing radio. OK. Yeah. 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 When the big dog was it? Uh, it was big dog. Was it? Oh, no, 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 you were no, going to no. get in a brawl with the no. big dog. No, no, no. It was the guy. Your ads just still pop. It was the guy that, that came after Big Dog, uh, Mike, oh. who actually was really cool. But... Moderately sized dog. My mom worked uh, with these two guys who actually clocked out. They were going back and forth with each other, and they were like, all right, and they didn't want to fight, obviously, inside. So they both went and punched out and then went off of, the, off of work premises to fight be- so they couldn't get fired for it. You know, you don't see that much anymore. No. And, and I was, oddly enough, the, the movie uh, Three Musketeers was on yesterday with uh, Charlie Sheen and, yeah. and, and yeah. blah, blah, blah. In the beginning of the movie, they all end up having these duels they're going to face off with D'Artagnan. And they're like, every one of them is like, Two o'clock behind the mission. I'll meet you there, and and we'll have a fight. There's a bit of a of a a, a progression, a, yeah. a, a protocol. You don't really see that much anymore, but that's exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. All right, dude, I've had it with you. Shall yeah. we say fisticuffs at four? Right. Exactly. I've had it with you, but I don't want to lose my job. Yeah. I, I'm, so I'm sensible I'll, about this. Do you know what I'll happens see you outside? That that actual that idea, that clear thinking, that even though you're still sort of arranged, we'll do this. It allows a cooling period. Mm-hmm. So when you when remember. Calling out. Yeah, that's what happened at school. Have you ever been called out? I, I, I've been called out, and uh, and I've. Uh, Were you scared when you get called out? I, was I got. Terrified. I got. Yeah. I got I furious. There, I was called out by a kid in a, a number of grades ahead of me, uh, and that oh, was wow. a little. Uh, that was a little terrifying. But um, can you uh, decline a call? And you go, ah, no, you cannot. Okay. You, uh, I you, did. I left. I left school. Did you really? Absolutely. Did you pay? Did you pay hell for that? Nope. Okay. Nope. I, I moved. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't having it. But it's, I didn't want to get in a fight. The call out allowed time in most cases. Sure. Hey man, you know the the um, the Saturday Night Live crew did a did a, a great uh, thing about this. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget the guy's name. He's great. Uh, the, the the two guys did it. And they, I'm going to call you out. I'm going to beat his ass after school. And they go through this fight that's a non-fight where they're swinging and, and the whole thing, and then they end up being being buddies. But well, it's, that's the scenario that usually works out. It's weird because obviously, you know, when when the tempers tempers go down and you're not as like you know heated as you were. But I had these two guys that that were going to get in a fight on the bus. Uh, they didn't fight on the bus. They waited till they got off the bus, and so everybody got off on this stop that to they, watch to watch. It's and, like three o'clock high, yeah. Preston. And Love now these guys were just standing like. Across from each other, nobody wanted to throw the first punch, you know. <laughs> However, if they had fought when initially things had, you know, had flared up five minutes ago, they, it would have been, you know, haymakers yeah. all over the place. But I, it was real. I was like, this sucks. You this ever, t- yeah. yeah. Were people chanting fight? You yeah. Ever been fight, one of those? Fight, yeah. fight, 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 fight. I told you this, the, the guy, the one guy <laughs> came at, he tried to sucker cut me with a box cutter. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was uh, that was terrifying. Uh, that's um, yeah, that's another level. That's, that's another that's level crazy. of deranged. Yeah, let me go to Seth. Hi, Seth. Good morning. Morning. Hey, what's up, man? Uh, yeah. I got a great story. All right, I was working for this company for about a year, and uh, we did like kiosks for malls and everything. So we're always going on airplanes and taking flights. Well, this one guy I was working with, he was he was late. You know, we have to catch the plane by a certain time, 
So I'm waiting there. Half hour goes by, still not there. An hour goes by, he's still not there. So I called my boss, and he didn't say anything. He told me just to wait. So I'm like, I'm not going to miss this flight for this guy. We're going all the way up to Arizona. So I start going. I get probably about 20 minutes down the road. My boss calls me and says he's finally at the shop for me to go back. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm going to miss the flight if I go back. So I go back to pick him up, and this guy just starts cursing me out for not being there. And I'm like, dude, you're two hours late for this flight. So we start heading down, and we're arguing in the car the whole way. I'm just like, dude, I'm telling you, we're going to miss the flight. We're going to miss the flight. We eventually miss our flight, (laughs) and so we just start arguing at the airport and everything. And he just starts cursing me out and like, I said something stupid. He takes a swing at me in the airport, and we just started fighting right in the middle of the airport. No. Really? Yeah. And are you, yeah. when it happens in these cases, Seth, whenever, in, in the, the, the times during my life when I've had fights, I remember thinking, is this really happening? Yeah. Like, you can't even oh. believe it. Oh, yeah. And it was completely his fault. And I, I got fired for it because he said, like, I started it. And, like, the TSAs got all over us and everything. Were reports filed? Were, was, were there arrests? Oh, yeah, reports. The, reports were filed. Okay. And there's got to be camera footage showing that you oh, didn't yeah. throw the first there, punch. There was camera footage. And, like, my boss saw the footage and she's like, you know what? You're fired. Yeah, he fired you? Yep. They fired me because he said it never would have happened if I never would have left the shop. Yeah. And I'm like, hey. Like, you got to make this flight on time. I'm not going to cost the company money by, uh, you know, missing this flight. Yeah. I was like, I was on time. He was two hours late. Yep. And he proceeded to, like, instigate it on the whole way to the airport. Did this guy end up losing his job, too? Nope. He still works there. Ah, that sucks. How long ago this happened, Seth? This happened, like, six months ago. (sighs) You know where he is now? Could you go over and beat him up? No, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Don't do that. Yeah. I wish I could. Did you get the best of him in the fight, though? Yes, I did. Good to go. All right. You're a winner in my book, Seth. You talk about what you lose. That's why the TSA said I was the instigator because I beat You beat the crap out of him. Thanks, man. Let me go to DJ. Uh, DJ, good morning. Good morning. How's it going? Great, man. What's up, buddy? All right. Um... So one day at work, <laughs> it all. I, the time I can already say, tell yeah. that this was your fault, yeah. DJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all stems from a female. Okay. Yeah. So, um, this guy get into an argument about the female on a construction site. So, mind you, there are some pretty nasty objects that could get used here. Um. Get into a fight with the guy, throw some blows, blood everywhere, things of that nature. Jeez. And I ended up getting fired because I actually threw the first punch. Okay, well, that you instigated the fight. I mean, that, that seems that seems about right. Now, you, you, there was a girl. What, what, yeah. what led up to the eventual punch being thrown? Um, guy was dating this girl, and I didn't know at the time because I don't know the guy's personal life. Okay. And I ended up up with the girl and then finding out that it was the guy I worked with. And how how did he find out about it? I guess she had told him. Dude. So, yeah, there you go. And you said there was blood everywhere. what, What kind of injuries came out of this fight? Uh, broken nose, deviated septum, bloody lips. Uh, Yours or his? Well, I had the deviated septum. So okay. He got one nice one in. All right, but you got you gave him the bloody lip? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, black eye, that kind of stuff. So, TJ, as you think back about it now, how do you perceive it? 
wasn't worth it. Wasn't yeah, worth wasn't it, right? Worth it, yeah. 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 So, Hedy, let, let me ask you this. <clears throat> Leading to you throwing the first punch, was this guy, was he in your face? Was he pushing you? Any of that oh, stuff? Yeah, yeah, he was in my face. He kept putting, like, his his forehead onto my forehead. And, you know. And you know, that's technically, that's, that's contact. Yeah. Right there, you know. Yeah, that's, that's how that all led up. Okay. Of course, right. when you're on a construction site, you could be going at each other with bulldozers. That's what he was saying. He's yeah, like, yeah. there's all exactly. kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of weapons that could be used there. Yeah. All right. Thanks, DJ. I appreciate it. I'll bet you there's a lot of fights that happen. At a construction construction sites? sites? Because they are, those guys, um, they bust each other's balls. Like all the crazy time. all day long, especially the, you know, the guys who've been at it for a long time and the newer guys, and they're, they're constantly ripping on each other. And you know, every now and then somebody's like, all right, I'm not putting up enough. Up. Yeah. Well, uh, let me go to Jared next. Hey, Jared, good morning. Hi, Grandma. Hi, yeah. Grandma. What's up, Jared? Hi, Grandma. Uh, my girlfriend's dad is actually my boss, and we work at a construction site. And about three years ago, he got in a fight with one of the contractors, right? And uh, the guy pushed him. His foot fell in between the curb and the grate all the way down to the knee, and he fell back, broke his thigh on the curb. Oh, broke his thigh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Had to get four, uh, four screws to keep his thigh in place. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wow. Now, who then, the, uh, it says here that you got in a fight with your girlfriend's dad? Oh, no, no. My girlfriend's dad was the one that got in the fight with the contractor. He's a supervisor here. And, and Okay. And so and was the, it was the contractor or your girlfriend's dad that broke his leg? My girlfriend's dad. Oh, oh that sucks. So when did Superman he, show up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he tells his kids that uh, he got at skateboarding when he was a teenager. So he doesn't tell them the actual story because he doesn't want to... Let them know. I mean, you look look at the. Was there a lawsuit? Or, I mean, you stop and think about it. Just you think, just because you're at work, you're not beholding to the rules of law. You know, I mean, you're, you're going to. Yeah, <laughs> I, you can be hauled off for for assault. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah. They fire. They don't use that contractor anymore. So I would imagine. All right. Thanks, man. Uh, let me go next to. I have uh, Jake on the phone line. Hey, Jake. Good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thanks, ah. buddy. What's up, man? We're talking about uh, getting into scrap at the workplace. Yeah, so about two years ago, I was in the lobby with one of my bosses. He was about two years older than me. And the previous week, he was sitting there, like, arguing with me the entire week up to this. And he was that day, he was sitting there saying, oh, I don't care about the company. And mind you, like, I'm pouring my heart into this company. I love it so much. And basically, he tries to push me. You know, I did five and a half years of karate thanks to do have my black belt. He knows this, <laughs> and he tries to throw a punch, and basically I go around him, put him in a chokehold, and pull him to the ground. He starts just freaking out, and I'm sitting there choking him out. He basically <laughs> turns purple, and my boss needs to come over and pull me off of it, and we're surrounded by people like other people that work with us, and they're all freaking out. I still work for him. But basically, he's like super egotistical. Yeah. But to this day, he will never admit it oh, that it happened. That it happened. So, like, exactly. So when you're at work, you're a place of business. Do, does everyone gather around and go, fight, 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 fight? <laughs> hey. Um, basically, because we're all like 20 years old, <laughs> and they saw what was about to happen because we're just screaming at each other. Jake, let me let me ask you something. When you've got this guy in a chokehold, uh, and and at that point, you've obviously you're you're dominant. You've got the upper hand. Were you saying anything to him while you had this choke on him? Basically, I'm sitting there like, look, I love this company. I, I worked so many hours for you that I shouldn't be working for. 
you know, I pour my heart and soul into this. And he's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm still choking him out. Nice. Thanks, Jake. I love it. When, when somebody finally has the upper hand, Steve, like the video, the, the guy who went over and punched the motorcycle rider oh, yeah. the other day. Oh, yeah. And he, he didn't quite work gets out. the guy on the ground, and the guy's holding him on the ground. He's going, are you through now? <laughs> are you finished? Are you done? I just, I'm I love, sorry. I absolutely, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm so sorry. sorry. And he's laying on that hot pavement yeah. in yep. the Arizona, yeah. yeah. Let me go to Derek. Hey, Derek, good morning. Hey, you guys rock. Thank <laughs> you, Derek. What's up, bud? Okay, so about a year ago, I was working in a hospital, and there were two electricians that worked for the hospital in an argument. Mm-hmm. So I started heading down the hallway. I, li- I knew these guys. I liked both of them. I thought I could cool them off. Just before I get there, the one guy pushes the other guy. The little guy pushes the big guy. The big guy has in his hands two four-foot-long fluorescent light bulbs. Well, he becomes a Jedi master and he swings at this guy. Busts the light bulbs across the side of his face and his neck. Cuts him open, obviously. And then they start to fight. While they're rolling around on the ground, I tried to break them up. Next thing you know, I see all these doctors and suits coming out of this room. Here, the fight was right outside of one of the board members' meetings. Jesus. I mean, if you're going to get into a fight like that, (laughs) better than it's at a hospital, right? Yeah, yeah, it was good because they took him right to the ER. He was bleeding pretty bad, but it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah, with fluorescent like, light bulbs. I'm sorry. Do you know why this happened? Do you know what? what uh... Uh, yeah, it was the, you know the, 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 the crap talking. You know, oh, yep. you wuss. You know, why can't you work this? And why you're not working hard? And That's what you said, Preston. It's yeah. usually somebody just picking, uh-huh. picking, yeah. and and pushing and prodding, and finally they go too far. Yeah. You know, I mean. Yeah. And, and and as much as, you know, look, it's better to turn the other cheek and not deal with it. But if somebody's constantly ribbing you all the time and you've made it clear that you're not having it anymore, at some point... I get sick of that. The, you know? People, the, you know, ch- I'm just busting chops. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, like, enough, man. If that's all you ever do... Kathy, it's like you you told the story of... Uh, uh, this was down on 2 Street that one time after um, uh, a mummer's parade. And this a younger guy was just... Going on this this older dude and he just the older guy kept saying, "Look, you need to shut up now." I'm I, and he gave him fair warning, like on a few occasions, right? I and, don't. I, I thought you were going to tell a different story where they were like fighting and then they hugged two seconds later. Is I that don't know. I thought oh. you you told I thought you told the story of the guy that he was telling the guy, "Look, I'm I'm if you need to shut up now or I'm going <laughs> to shut you up." And the kid wouldn't shut up and he shut him up. Do you think it was Kathy that she was talking about? Just she was in the veil, whatever. Yeah, no. maybe he got into a fight. <laughs> but you know, if you've been given fair warning, then you can't. Uh, I d- can't yeah, complain I'm, too hard. What, what, if you I, have honestly, time, if you if anything that institutes a little bit of a pause so that cooler heads can prevail, right? It's a good thing. I think our society is growing a little bit soft. Uh, what are your thoughts on on, on adults fighting? On just in general, like a fair fight, no sucker punches. But you know what? Like if you go in a range, like in a boxing ring. No, no, I'm talking about mm, no. You're not on the worst it's, side. No, it's not good because you can kill, you can someone. kill somebody. Right. That's exactly it. Steve. With what? With it? With a somebody, what you somebody think could a... could fall down and and hit their head on a curb, and, and that's and, happened. And they're gone. And then the next thing you know, you're it's manslaughter, and, yeah. and you're, you're going to jail. There's right. there's you know? unless unless you are defending yourself, if you're under attack. There, there's no reason. That also, guy, the, um, both parties might not want to fight. Right? Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. <laughs> One like, side might really want to, and the other side might really not want to fight. Right. 
Well, that's what I was saying. A fair fight. Like, all right, all right. We're, we're words aren't getting us anywhere. Do you know what happens? Okay, this so need to start flying. People become um, desensitized is- because of what they see in movies, and they see these elaborate fights. They yeah, go, right. <laughs> doesn't go like that. Every fight that I've been in lasted about thirty seconds. Oh, yeah. sure, you get winded, yeah. you know. Yeah. And this is, you know, well, not only that, it's not two people standing toe to toe swinging. Yeah. It's hit, hit, ground. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, then it's latch, and then they hang on to each other, and then somebody's got to break it up. And I, I mean, I haven't been in an actual fight since eighth grade right. you know i, I went but it was all. a tough nun if <laughs> she had it coming steve yeah. um but oh, you know, she had a bad habit in case <laughs> <he was here. laughs> but that motorcycle guy the the i thought that guy hit his head when he went down the old guy who started throwing punches at the motorcycle dude watch that again i think the dude hit his the back of his head when he it's went possible down. But and he, i got scared somebody dies then you have a lifetime to regret a stupid decision right. yeah did you guys see the two dads going at it uh they were softball dads it was paul riser and greg evigan no right? it was not <laughs> from my two dads yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you knew the other guy's name <laughs> i didn't know the other guy's name <laughs> No, so so there was some beef. Uh, some girl was uh, no longer on a softball team, and the dad went to c- confront somebody else in another state at a tournament. Oh, you know, and the guy is saying, "Is like your daughter's not on the team anymore because of you, because you hurt your gear." And then next thing you know, these two guys start going well, at something it. Something about it. The guys traveled a long distance. There's every it's premeditated out the yin yang. Uh-huh. Well, that guy. The premeditated guy, he's the one who got his ass kicked. Okay. Yeah. Uh, let me go to Paul next. Hey, Paul, good morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Great. Hey, What's happening, Paul? Oh, thanks, man. What's All up? Right. Well, it's like the old saying, like, things that come back. Like, you never know. People mature over time. So I worked at a printing place, you know, 20, 30 years ago. And there was this guy, and he was just a, like you are saying just a punk, like a wise guy breaking people's stones all the time. So I had about enough of it, and there was a long, like a slop sink where all the pressmen washed our hands. Mm-hmm. And I had had it, and I freaking grabbed him by the collar and threw him into the sink and was going to freaking destroy him. And people separated us all. Nothing became of it, nobody got fired. <laughs> and about 10 years ago, I was out of work. I applied to another printing place. Guess who interviewed me? Oh, no kidding. <laughs> did he, did, did, I assume he recognized you. Yes, he did. I got the job. No kidding. Oh, no way. Yeah. Did yeah. you guys talk about the fight at all? Nope. Neither one of us mentioned it, but let me tell you, when you're sitting in our office and he came to the door, oh, the foreman will be in the interview you in a minute. I was like, oh, shit. Easy. Yeah, man. I can't believe you got the job. Yeah, they offered me the position. That's well. Listen, that's thanks, Paul. I guess he just let bygones be bygones at that point. Yeah. Let me go to this case. This is speaking to your, uh, you know, adults fighting. Uh, I don't see the name on the list here. Worked uh, the door at a bar. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's your name, bud? Jeff. All right, Jeff. What's your story, bud? Okay. My cousin owned a bar in Jacksonville, Florida. I was working the door one night because a regular bouncer wasn't there. Uh, one of the waitresses that worked for us was my was one of my exes, his current girlfriend. So he comes in drunk. Long story short, you know, words are exchanged. I'm like, listen, dude, man, you know, I don't want to bar you for life. I don't kick you out of here. I don't want to fire her. She's a good waitress, but that's what's going to happen if you don't sit down. Mm-hmm. It went on, went on. It ended up out in the parking lot. 
Um, he went down. I called. I rendered first aid. I was a combat flight medic in the Navy. Called the paramedics, got him out there, took him to the hospital. Long story short, cerebral bleed died on the operating table, and I got 20 years. You, you got, got 20, 20 years. Years. Yeah, I've been, uh, December 11th will be five years I've been out. Well, Dear let, me, let me ask you this, Jeff. In in the fight, uh, what was it that gave him the cerebral hemorrhage? Was it you hitting him or him hitting the ground or what? Uh, well, at, I mean, it was probably at one point, at one point, he had me in a chokehold, and I managed to get loose, and then we ended up locked up again and went down. It was a black cop parking lot, mm-hmm. so it was probably from the blunt force of striking the parking lot when I took him down. So, so did you – I assume you didn't serve the full 20, or did you? I did 16 years, three months. Wow, Jeff. And and you were working at the time? Yeah, my my, well, my family owned the bar. I lived on the premises. So so you look back at it now, you know, that obviously you, you, there's no do-over, there's no get-back, but you yeah. look, how do you frame it contextually to yourself when you're thinking about it? Well, you know, at, at one point, I think, you know, you, when you when you consider emotions and alcohol and are involved, and um, there was no doubt in my mind that if he got the upper hand, this guy intended to do me a world of hurt because, right. um, I mean, I was doing his girlfriend. Right. You know? Yeah. I didn't, you know, in all fairness, I didn't complain when she was still my girlfriend and he was doing her, but that's another story. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So all the elements were something that was very tragic. And here, you you, you, you know, you'd been in the Navy and obviously had some, some stuff going for you in the right direction in that one moment of indecision or that one moment of a poor decision, and this this is what happened. Changed two families' lives forever. Forever, yeah. That's yeah. it's very sobering. All right, thanks for sharing that, Jeff. We appreciate it. Hey, not a problem. All right, you we'll guys, see you later. I love your show. Listen every morning. Thank thanks, you. Man. Appreciate it. So that's why. Yeah. yeah. You know. So you're saying you should go to grass and fight. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you should fight on the grass. Or right. just get to your knees and, and fight like that. Or use uh, aggression bats, as yes. we have here. You know what? I remember a while back, and I, this was a good 20 years ago. I remember seeing it was on, I don't know, some news radio program or news magazine program that was talking about there were, there were uh, it was becoming more popular for people in the office that had a beef uh to actually set up a boxing match yes and to train you know give all right we're going to give ourselves a month and we're going to have a date everybody in the office can come but i've had it with your crap and i, and I don't want to get arrested I'm calling you out to the boxing match. What was the show? To the uh, show was on a couple of years ago. Where they, they would they would arrange bully beat down. Bully beat down. That oh, was yeah, a great yeah. show. That was a oh, great show. That. I wish they brought that back. We should do that, Kathy. I call you out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, what offer up a uh, a venue for uh, people who hate each other in the office to? Uh... Yeah, or just let me and Kathy fight. Yeah, I, I would I love to see that. I don't know what your problem is. All right, fine. What, Marissa, if, you, what if you Ronda Rousey his <laughs> yeah. ass? Oh, Marissa, I've had enough of your crap. Kathy, if you I train. I would train so yeah. hard and yeah. kill him. Yeah. Queen, get down here. It's <laughs> awesome that you called out the two girls. Exactly. Yeah. Paula Decker, you're mine. <laughs> Paula, kick your ass, too. She's like 80 pounds. We saw Winnie. Casey Where's Winnie? We saw Casey fight a girl one time. Yes. Was that, that was a lose-lose situation. Yes. If you was... won, you lost. And if you lost, it was a win. I lost. What was yeah. it? We had a girl who was a professional boxer. Yeah. No. Kind of. Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, the Casey and her fought in the basement of Y100 a long, long time <laughs> she... ago. Damon Feldman set that up. Believe <laughs> Can it or you not. believe that? It's gonna be his. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> 
All right, anyhow. But, uh, you know, be careful. Be careful. Try to try to let cooler heads prevail. You see what happened to this guy with yep. the Jets. He's, he's done, man. I mean, I would imagine his career is done. He's not a superstar or anything like that, so he's going to have to move on from football. Sure. Use your words, Preston. Uh, use your words. Yeah. Very good. Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. We have a lot of uh, wrestling fans that listen to the show, and uh, you can tell go out to events in this day and age. It still draws a huge crowd. Absolutely. And we have uh, a couple of the legends here in our midst. And uh, there's a movie. It's called The Resurrection of Jake the Snake Roberts. So please welcome to our studio Jake the Snake Roberts and Razor Ramon Scott Hall. There you go. Good morning, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for coming in this morning. So, you know what? We watched, uh, I've not had a chance to see the entire film. We watched a little bit of this, and, and uh, Jake, you know, the very beginning of it brings us up to speed on your career and what an influence you had on uh, on wrestlers uh, that are still doing it today. Um, and a lot of those people do appear in this particular film. Were you, um, I don't want to say amazed or, you know, but, but maybe excited about the, the people that came forward to speak on your behalf? I was shocked at the number of people that spoke in my behalf, but I was also shocked about the number of fans that still cared. Yeah, uh, Scott and I both were blown away by that. You know, we did um, Indiegogo to have surgeries. Both yeah. of us typically didn't have insurance and all that, and uh, the fans stepped up and more than paid for my shoulder surgery and took care of Scott's surgery. But you know, Scott said it best when he said, "You know, man, people care more about us than we care about ourselves." That's wow. that's and wild. That's true. You know, it's 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 funny how wrestling in particular and what you guys did and the, and the showmanship it it's it's such a part, especially growing up for a lot of people. It's funny that you are unaware of how much what you were doing meant to the fans, and we see it all the time because we're seeing it from the fan perspective. But you guys, as performers, even with all the accolades and all the, the cheering and all that stuff, it it still wasn't getting through to you enough. To, to, make a, to yeah, make a difference. It still surprises you that you, you meant that much. <laughs> well, for me, um, I've been in, you know, a lot of therapy. Yeah. And some of the, the main diagnosis I've come up with, you know, the doctors have, have told me is a negative self-image. You know, I never considered myself a fan of me. Okay. I was I was always clear that this is what I do. It's not who I am. My mother didn't name me Razor. <laughs> so that was... I'm shocked. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Like Jake mentioned, I was amazed that so many fans, you know, still know who I am. You know, it's yeah. amazing. I mean, we were at the hotel last night. The guys were like, hey, sending free food to the rooms. Like, hey, man, I grew up watching you. That's it's great. Just, it's still, still amazing. That parking stuff. I'd have been happy. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, I had, I had a little bit of a revelation a couple of years ago. I was watching some old wrestling on YouTube, and I came across across some old Ric Flair stuff. And I, I remember I loathed this man. I absolutely <laughs> hated him no, as a I kid. But I watched videos of him going on his rants and stuff, and it dawned on me how much I really loved the guy and yeah. didn't even know it. I loved the fact that I hated him so much. Yeah. And I just, I, I felt nostalgic, and I felt like a kid again, and it was so much fun to go back and watch that stuff. 
you know, hero, villain, whatever. It was all really entertaining. Well, you know what, Press? The, the villain is, is who propels the story. And I didn't realize that until I was watching Game of Thrones and they kill off one villain and then another villain is there. And I'm like, oh. You don't have a story unless you have a bad guy, and you don't have a good story unless you have a good bad guy, right? Exactly, exactly, man. The bad guys, I mean, I love playing the bad guy. Yeah. Being yeah, a you're good in guy, control. Being yeah, the... a kiss babies and shake and smile. As <laughs> a bad guy, you can go out and push the envelope in any direction you want. Yeah. And you you're know? still loved. You're, you're, you're yeah, people, well, people love it. I didn't get that part. <laughs> you know? People yeah, lo- I, would love to hate you. Yeah. yeah, yeah but it, there was so much part of my life that when I was doing all of it, mm-hmm. I was in such a bad spot that... It wasn't getting through. Do you know what? And, uh, that, that hurts. Scott, you, you you raised an interesting point about, about um, and I'm wondering, does that factor, that inability to, to be good to yourself or to understand who you are, to, your, your, your lack of, of, of self-worth, does that propel you into the ring? Is the ring the antidote to, do you think in some way there's a connection? Exactly. For me, sometimes the only time I felt in control of my life was when I hit that curtain. For mm. both like, of you. Like Scott yeah, Hall. Absolutely. You know, Scott Hall, man, he's getting divorced. You know, he's, you know, his kids don't talk to him at that time. Things aren't going good. Razor, you know, he asked Razor how he's doing. The standard response was better than you. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like when I hit that curtain, that, that's yeah. why I was so drawn to it. The fake part was really cool. It was the real part that I was struggling with. Yeah. With this with this film, uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and uh, the resurrection of, of Jake the Snake Roberts, um, you can't help but draw some parallels to the movie The Wrestler with... Uh, with uh, oh, yeah, uh, Mickey Rourke. Mickey Rourke. And I, and I know because that... because they copied my life. Oh, there's my daughter over there. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, and, and you mentioned hitting the stage, and that was the time you felt yeah. near the end of the film. He goes back to that because uh, yeah. that's the only place he felt that he belonged and felt you know but but uh along with it they touch on you know the physical problems that Mm. that an aging wrestler might Mm. face and 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 the lingering effects for the rest of their lives um and and you obviously have have had that happen to you jake and scott as well um how how does that do do you regret any of it because of that okay hell no are you kidding me yeah Gives me something to talk about. <laughs> I'm getting new parts all the time. Man. <laughs> you got to get the I'm upgrades. I'm looking for a hip right now, man. I'm getting a hip in uh, November, man. Oh, so nice. I'm excited with my know, second hip. Yeah. Do you know it's good, too? They started changing that. I mean, a number of people I know have had replacements, mm-hmm. and they would always say, well, wait till you're in your 70s. Wait. It's like, well, uh, what, what, what good is that when you're going to get it at that point? You can't use it. Duh. Um, I'm <laughs> thinking about going totally bionic. Just <laughs> everything. We can Swap it all out. <laughs> It'll be better than before. <laughs> Let me ask you because you know the um, other professional athletes have unions, you know, uh, to protect them. You know, uh, That's during other professionals, and, yeah. So yeah, exactly, but is, is there a union? No. There isn't. So, no. so that's the no, shame of it all. No, you're an independent contractor as well, too. So <laughs> right. there's no yeah. employee benefits either. No employee benefits. <laughs> no. And then they, no don't, insurance. they don't do anything to take care of you guys after yeah, your career. No, well, WWE, man, in, in the last several years, they've reached out and, and they're putting us through rehabs. I've been through three. Scott's beat my record. Yeah. Um, wow. Proudly, but we have. And uh, the rehabs just didn't work, as you see in the movie, you know. And uh, it took a special love. You know, and uh, Diamond Dallas Page put it out there for us, man. And for Dallas to open his home and let us in there. It's amazing. Two drunks and an addict off the charts. And I, my, my deal was an eight ball a day whether I needed it or not. Wow. Know? And uh, and the alcohol. So, and we went there, man, and it was like a magic thing happened. 
Now, I can understand it. If somebody would have put a dollar down in Vegas that Jake Roberts and Scott Hall will get sober in a home together, they'd be millionaires. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. so pissed. So <laughs> with, with the drug addiction and so forth, this was while you were at the height of your career oh, in yeah. wrestling? I've been doing cocaine for 30, 40 years, man. Tell you what, we had, uh, we had Randy Savage by one time, you know, uh, yeah. years before he passed. But uh, he, he came by, and uh, he was with uh, Gorgeous George. Gorgeous yeah. George. And yeah. they were both, they, they walked in. It was the morning show, obviously. And they looked like, you know, they had been up all night, and they were yeah. dead-ass tired. They said, we need to go use the bathroom real quick. They came, went to the bathroom, came back in. Boom! They were yeah, ready to go. I was like, wow. Yeah, when you piss, it helps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> right? That's the secret. Just taking a, take a piss makes you all excited. Or maybe she peed in front of him and he got excited. I don't know. Was it pretty, was it pretty rampant in your day as far oh, yeah. as... Uh, the, the... Yeah, there was a lot of guys who did and there was a lot of guys that didn't. Okay. You know, the successful ones did. <laughs> what, uh, Dallas, uh, about him, did he reach out to you? Did you reach he out to him? He reached out to me. No kidding. So yeah. he saw yeah. that you were having trouble. Yeah, I helped him early in his career. You know, okay. I helped him get going. He looked up to you. Yeah, he was 35 when he started. That yeah. just says no. But the only reason I did is because Ric Flair said it couldn't be done. Yeah. yeah. I said, well, screw you, Rick. I'll show you. Right. And I kind of did it for a rib. You know, because he was he was he threw some heavy stuff at you early in his career because he just didn't know. But uh, to help him, and then he turned around later in life, man, and, and reached out to me, and then we got a um, text from um, Sean Waltman. Sean Waltman, that Scott was in a real bad spot. You know, he was talking about getting a gun. And, yeah, uh, we call Scott, and. I mean, at that time, I wasn't even answering my phone. Sometimes I'd look at it to see who I'm not going to talk to. Mm-hmm. And uh, how close were you to uh, eventually at that point cashing it in? I I was I struggled with the suicide because I'm a Christian and I feel like that's a sin. You right. know, but I didn't care if I died. Like sometimes I go to bed and I really didn't care if I woke up. Yeah. Right. And I was to the point where I drunk myself into heart failure. I was laid up in the hospital. I had an IV in both arms, oxygen gimmick up my nose. No contact, no phone calls, no visitors. The only people I had any interaction with was the medical staff and this kid who served the food trays. And meanwhile, Jake and Dally have been reaching out to me, and I'm just not ready. Yeah. And the kid comes in, and, and I like interacting with fans, but I'm not in the mood. <laughs> and he's going it's not the place. And, but yeah. he's so excited, and he whips out his phone, and he shows me a before and after picture of Jake. Yeah. And I'm happy to report that Jake and I have never partied together. <gasps> never in the past, and certainly we ain't going to start now. <laughs> right, right, yeah. And uh, the kid showed me the before and after picture of Jake, and, I, and I'm, I'm a huge fan of Jake. And anybody in our business who isn't a fan of Jake isn't ever going to be very successful, just bottom line. And the kids showed me the pictures, and I knew Jake had been in dark places, and I knew that I was in a dark place, and I thought, wow, that maybe there there is still hope. And isn't I, that wild? Yeah. I'd like to thank Dally for reintroducing me to myself and yeah. re- restoring hope. Yeah, hope. You know, as someone, I, I, my, my brother has uh, um, been sober for uh, coming on my 10 years now. Oh, uh, and and uh, around me, it's happened. I, I myself have yeah. never I- indulged. But but the toll it takes on the people that love you. And you, you both true. obviously have extensive uh, experience with that. As you're doing this film and as you're being chronicled, you know, as these things are going on, um <sighs> Was that the tougher part about the the being way? Chronicled? Yeah, with the also the, the the people in your life that you love, you know, being um, well, I, I presented. Wasn't, I wasn't having a whole lot of contact with the people I love, right? Because, right. Uh, they 
they'd written it off, man. They'd written you off, yeah. It's not like they're going to bring the grandkids over to the crack edge, you know? Right, right, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So we started the movie, and and laying it all out there was real tough because there was a flick a few years ago that really screwed me over. I'm not even going to mention their names. But uh, it was a doc, a similar documentary yeah, yeah, that that's was, that's pretty much been lied. yeah, and that's the word on it, right? Yeah, and uh, so Dallas, when he hit me with this thing, I'm like, dude, you're gonna film me, man? I've been through this before, you right? Know? And bottom line is, he sat down, Steve, you over there was one that actually came up with the idea of uh, having me come into Dallas's house, and uh, he said, look, dude, we'll film it, we'll put it together. If you don't like it, it'll never be seen. Well, yeah, you can't argue with and, that. Then. Uh, so he, he put it together, and, you know, there's been like 30 redos, but he's like, uh, what do you think? And I'm like, Phew. no, because it shows the brutal truth, man, of how yeah. I was. And it's not fun to look at yourself and go, man, how effed up were you? Mm-hmm. You know, because I just don't know that guy. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So to see all of it and to sit here, I don't like to watch it when the, the, the showing tonight. I'll be there, but I won't be watching. Yeah, because it's not much fun. Yeah, and you've but, already revisited that. But to come through it, and then to have my children invite me back into the home, my daughter's the one that runs my business now. You know, one of my daughters. I've got eight kids. So yeah, yeah, yeah. snake yeah. is a thing, baby. Oh, wow. yeah, I can hook you Eight up. Kids. So yeah. the snake had many meetings. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a, a spitter. You, <laughs> you said your daughter, and in, in the trailer, it shows one of your daughters. So I looked over, and I thought, that's, that's not her. her. Yeah, I've got eight children, and uh, now I'm I'm back into it, man. I'm the coolest grandpa of all, you know. And wow. uh, my grandchildren love me, and I've got a life, man, a life that I never. Experienced and what? it's such a joy, man. And now I go out and I do signings, we do movies, we do stuff. It's great. I'm meeting the fans, and I'm like so excited because they're telling me about wrestling matches that I don't remember. Wow, you know, wow. That's, the, that's cool. the upside of brain damage. It's like yeah. my DVD collection is like two movies because <laughs> <laughs> I never remember how they end. <laughs> it's always new to you. Yeah. yeah. How does this end, Jake? Had you written off uh, meeting with the fans when you were going through your dark times? Oh, and I hated the fans. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, because they loved me. Wow. How can you love me when I hate me, you son of a bitch, man? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I took the mirrors down the house. I went for it. You know, I, I was begging to die. Because, you know, you get embarrassed that people love you. And it's like, God, if you only knew me, you would hate my guts. Yeah, it's like, got you fooled. Got you. I, I hear I hear this so This is stuff that I've heard, and I've heard from other people that I know who've, who've been through this. It's such a common thing. And it's so hard to, oh, uh, from brutal. this perspective, it must be so brutal, weird man. for you to remember how you were. To not even entertain that notion, my like, for example, everyone I know when they finally when they get sober, they consider that their birthday yeah. when they when they yeah, really yeah, start yeah. living. Exactly. To, so to see you now and to see what you see in the movie, which yeah. as you say is warts yeah. and all, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's really not co- it doesn't it compromise anything. <laughs> it's an amazing thing, and it's it's it also. Do you do you ever stop to think about the residual good that this project will do to people I who am can so see? Pumped that. Besides the fact that, that a drunk can look at this and say, wow, there's hope for me, too, if Scott and Jake can make it. I want it to motivate people like Dallas. Yeah. People that will reach out and help somebody. Because we've all known somebody, maybe not family, but whatever, that is in a bad spot. And we've written them off. We don't. We avoid them. We don't talk to them because we yeah. know they want to borrow money. We can't bring them into the house. They're going to F up something. They're going to puke in something or whatever. Right. So you've written it all off. We need to think about that, man, because uh, without Dallas opening up the house for him 
and I, we're dead. Well, to, to follow up on Steve's point of, of finding positives in all of this, last year, Jake, you, you were inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. With Scott. With Scott. And um, th- th- so you guys were then able to accept where you've come and acknowledge it and be proud of it, I hope. Oh, God, yeah. And, and so what was that like? I mean, it's, I mean, I can't even imagine how emotional it must well, have been. Well, to me, if 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 this was a scripted movie, people would there'd have been a meeting. That would, no, not both of them. That's that's too much. That's too much. Just one of them. And you know, like yeah, we both went in, and, and like Jake was talking about the Vegas sides. I mean, I'm still amazed at it. Yeah, I, you know, I'm still amazed. You know, I've, I've been welcomed back into the WWE fold. I got a Legends contract sitting at. On my counter at home, I just got to get it notarized, and like to be accepted back in is a good feeling. I, I, oh, go ahead, sorry, has go Dallas ahead. helped out other uh, people as well, or is it just He's you helping guys millions so of people, man? Are yeah. You serious? yeah, yeah. You know, with his with his yoga thing, man, DDP yoga it is incredible, man. It, it helped you. It helped you guys tremendously. I'm serious, man. I yeah. couldn't get out of a yeah. chair by myself. Yeah. You were you were I lost eighty pounds. How many? You were a couple. You were three hundred plus. Three ten. And and virtually uh, immobile. Could not, could not get out of a chair. Couldn't get down the floor unless I just turned my back and flip myself on the floor. That's the only way I could get down there. Oh my god! I was three ten in a wheelchair when I arrived yeah. in Atlanta a little over two years ago. A year after arriving, I glided across the stage, <laughs> stepped in the WWE Hall of Fame. A year after that, last Mania, I was involved in one of the main event yeah. finishes. That's so wild. like yeah, good amazing. Script, took a backdrop. Script in a movie. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I got yeah. Uh, Scott. You look good, man. Like you look yeah. great. Yeah. You yeah. both look great, thanks, yeah. brother. Thanks yeah. for thanks for noticing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be in town for a couple of days. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. So any single ladies out there? Yeah. And he's questionable. So yeah. Uh, we Scott, that. You, you, <laughs> it's kind of obvious. <laughs> Talking about scripted. I mean, in a good way. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Scripted movies. Obviously, you, you know there there was. I guess if if uh, if the the wrestler was liberated uh, in large part oh, from yeah. from your story. Have you been approached because your actual stories make that look like a walk in the park? Yeah. Have you been approached by Hollywood for uh, for uh, the rights? Not that I know. Of. Not I yet. Know. Yeah, I, I have vivid pictures contacted me. <laughs> yeah. and, but, uh, now, well, he's the negotiations. Yeah, honestly, if you're Hollywood, whose story do you want? Like, there are so many stories out there, and they're all fascinating. Uh, They've so- been telling your story, especially the the uh, DDP yoga, a, a lot. I, I were there two different stories on Real Sports. On HBO, on that whole thing, because I, I, I want to say I, I saw one. it was just one. Yeah. Okay, yeah, one good one. <laughs> well, yeah, they did one. Um, Real Sports did one. E sixty right. did a thing on me separately okay. a, a couple of years ago. Yeah. Fascinating. You were not happy with it? No, I, I participated. You know, yeah, I, mean? yeah. I remember kind of telling the guy, "Hey, bro, if you make me look." Worse than I made myself. I said, you know, I know where your studio is in Bristol. Uh, <laughs> I got guys here who will hurt you for an autograph. So, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah but, one thing yeah. I didn't realize until years ago was that uh, Philadelphia was a hot spot for for wrestlers coming up through the ranks. And uh, did you either of you guys spend any time in Philadelphia on on your way up? Just to the spectrum. Just okay, the spectrum. No yeah. way up. I was already there, man. Yeah, yeah. By the time I was wrestling in Philly, I was already kind of big yeah. time. You know, but. I never had to struggle. Three years in the ring, so I've been pretty much everywhere. Yeah. How do you think you would have fared, let's say, let's shift the chronology, and if you were coming up through the ranks these days with uh, the way the industry is, how do you how do you think, uh, you know, if you're to take a hypothetical? 
You know, when I go to these signings and I'm sitting there signing pictures of me from 20 years ago. Yeah. And you do that for a couple hours and then I have to go look in the mirror and I go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Who's that old dude and what did he do to my body? Yeah. But I often wonder, like, if I was doing that razor gimmick in today's wrestling world, yeah. how it would have been received, you know? It was a little different era. I mean... I don't know if they gave you the time for the character anymore. They would like develop? You, to cultivate it? Yeah. Well, yeah. then now, like, I... I came up in an era when you went to the ring with a microphone, they gave you some bullet points, and you spit them out, and yeah. you promoted the yeah. event. Now, like, these guys have scripts, and they have writers, and, you know, these guys are like college dudes, and, you know, like, they're not really, I don't even think they're even wrestling fans. They're writers, and they, yeah. give, you, and they give you your verbiage and stuff, and it's a whole different thing now. I'm not saying it's better or worse. It's just different. Yeah. When the, when the, as with the wrestler and with his Casey saying, there's a whole bunch of stories that, that involve, uh, you know, uh, this of a similar nature and talking about the union or uh, lack thereof a union. Do you think wrestling in, in it by its very nature around the time you guys were in it, do you think it just cultivated a lot of stories like this because of no, 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 that was choices, man. Just choice or bad choices. I agree. These we these are all hard. these we are all hard. grown men making their decisions. Nobody ever held a gun to my head and said, "Drink that beer," right. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cocaine is because I like that. Yeah, shit. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> stuff. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, it is I... a morning show. <laughs> <laughs> well, good morning. Have one. <laughs> when when I was watching you guys wrestle, <sighs> I um. Totally thought it was real. I, I was, you know, sort of weak. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> but I wanted to ask about that. You know, whether you know, obviously, you have your storylines, and and you got to be a bad guy. And like Roddy Roddy Piper, he was a bad guy. Then he was a good guy. Then he was a bad guy. Um, oh, I forget where I was going with this question. But you know, how much of that? Was, what do you like to eat? Yeah, what do you like to eat? Um, you know, how much of that what was? Do you bench? <laughs> well, in the beginning of the uh, of the film, they show you know you you laid the DDT down on Ricky Steamboat, yeah. and there was you, you really hurt him, right? Yeah, I nearly killed him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I did that to my friend. Not my fault. I DDT'd Michael Tasky in my front yard. Yeah. Um, didn't know that there was a safe way to do it, and and I, I don't know. There's there really not. No. <laughs> not on not on hard not on hard surface, man. You can't do that. Mm. Hey, I have to ask you over the years: how, uh, snake injuries, snake. Oh, bit me many times. It had to uh, be. Yeah, a couple of strippers too. <laughs> <laughs> I heard stories, Jake. I don't know if they're true. I heard that the British bulldogs. Used to go around and kick the bag. Yeah, the kick snake the bag. They throw just to get the snake oh, no really riled well, up. So they would Jake, the Jake puts it on really? them. Yeah. Oh my wow. god! Yeah, so I fixed them up. I give like the, I give their bulldog like eight hot dogs with chili. <laughs> 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 and I, I walk by their hotel room at night and banging on the door. The dog, spraying the room. Wow. Who were, who were your favorite wrestlers? Because I mean, back in that day, I just. I just, oh, mine was Scott Hall. Scott Hall? Yeah. yeah. Do you have great taste in wrestling? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't believe somebody like Leaping Lanny Poffo had a had a career, but, you know, he was exactly. great. Yeah. Well, he was it's Randy's brother. Macho, macho Man's brother. Yeah, it's Randy's brother. I mean, when 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 Randy went to WCW, uh, Lanny was on a 250 grand a year contract just sitting at home. Oh, my gosh. And buddy system. And Beefcake had the same deal because he was buddies with Hulk. Just sitting at home getting paid. Wow. Yeah. No. Do you guys have anything to say? for the fans that they're sitting at home. Yeah. 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 Do you guys have anything to say or, or know anything about the Jimmy Snuka allegations? I love Jimmy. 
I love Jimmy too. And that actually, that was over 30 years ago. That was right when I was just coming into business. People would talk about that. So I don't know anything. I've met him a few times and he could not have been a nicer guy. He is so, I've been in airports with Jimmy and you go, Jimmy, the flight's delayed three hours. And he goes, lovely, bro. And you go, Jimmy, we all got bonuses. You go, lovely, bro. <laughs> Everything is lovely. Even Kiel. Yeah. Even Kiel. Wow. Yeah, I just, I just came to New York when it, uh, and it just happened. But, uh, you know, let God sort it out. That's a long time ago. Right, right. Your, uh, your, your dad was a wrestler as well. Yeah. 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 yeah he was a lot bigger than me, though. No I, kidding. It's hard to imagine. Seven foot. And Whoa. 425, yeah. Jesus. Man, that's massive. Well, listen, I, uh, here's a text that uh, is pretty solid. It says, hey, guys, I didn't grow up with wrestling, but I wish I did. These guys are great, and I want to know more about them. All the best. So here's what you got to do. You can go see the movie. It's called The Resurrection of uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. And uh, it's, uh, you know, like Jake said, it's a hard look. I don't yeah. bring no kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's a hard yeah. look at, at uh, some harsh realities, but uh, these guys are doing great. And that's uh, that's the positive, that's the, the takeaway. Not to steal a wrestling line, but that's the bottom line. Yeah. <laughs> Is it, uh, that wow. they're doing great. So. You guys are doing a Q and A. You could have said it well. Yes. So I. <laughs> that's the bottom line. <laughs> go, right, whatever. <laughs> Wonderful to have you guys here. We appreciate it. Thanks we for having us. Continued so success. You got it. All right, let's hear it for Jake the Snake, Roberts, yeah. and Scott Hall, guys. Love MMR. Buy some gear. Check out the Rock Shop at WMMR.com. Snazzy. Diamond jewelry doesn't have to be expensive. Have fun buying jewelry for someone you love and don't hate the price you pay. Feel the difference online at IHateStevenSinger.com with free shipping. Buy real diamonds from a real jeweler. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. And the Bizarre File is brought to you by McGuff Bus Company. McGuff Bus Company is hiring. Earn industry top dollar. Get guaranteed hours, yearly raises, and monthly bonuses. Love where you work at McGuffBus.com. All right, we're going to begin with a, a local story. A septuagenarian with a taste for liquor and women has lost his housing privileges at a Montgomery County assisted living home, according to county official. Mm. The unidentified man, 70 years old, came to the county's attention when the home management notified officials that there would no longer they would no longer have to cover the cost of his housing. The man had been among a group of seniors grandfathered into the county's coverage when it was forced to close the assisted living uh, section at Sacred Heart Hospital in Norristown in 2008. Now, the man who is more mobile than his colleagues, had been kicked out. Apparently, he had a habit of sneaking out on liquor runs, and then he would uh, operate a black market liquor store out of his room using the proceeds to buy various contraband. And apparently, women as well. An administrator at the home... Shooting like like a prison. Foiled the man's prostitute plans. He had prostitutes... They discovered one of the prostitutes hiding under his bed <laughs> when they did a search. So he has been Hi. kicked out. He will actually, he's not been kicked out. They said when they were told they no longer had to pay for his care. So, this is the time of my life when I'm supposed to enjoy hookers. So he is uh, he is not going to be able to get assisted loving uh, for free any longer because of the booze, <laughs> racket, and the hookers. No. I like hookers. Uh, the Lord son of the Earl of Yarborough yes. was pulled over by police in Grimsby, nearly three times the legal drunk driving limit, with his face smeared Lord. in with his face smeared in boot polish. 
A court has heard how a police officer called Lord George Worsley swerving from side to side with no lights on along the A-180 towards Rigby Square. What, was he leaving a minstrel show? After being pursued by the on-duty officer, Worsley came to a halt when he collided with a lamppost. Oh, how did that get in front of me? The defendant, whose face appeared to be covered in boot polish, told the officer... It's boot polish. He said, I do feel I have been rather foolish. Just a tad. Appearing at... You know, with the boot polish. Appearing at Grimsby's Magistrate's Court, Worsley pleaded guilty to drunk driving as well as driving without insurance and license. The most egregious offenses is that. Now take this time to listen to the boot polish. <laughs> what? George John Sackville Worsley. Yes, George John Sackville Worsley. Is the, so, is quite the, the son of well-known the figure Lord Charles Pelham. Yes. The Earl of Yarborough. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes, of course what? We should all be so lucky. <laughs> We're asking you questions. He is the... Uh, let me say that again. He's the son Send of well-known well figure Lord Charles Pelham, the Earl of Yarborough. It's so two completely different stories. <laughs> the Earl of Yarborough. <laughs> the official family Fort residence Fort is the 28,000-acre Blocklesby Estate. Harry Potter. Uh, prosecutor uh, told Claude the court how a police officer noticed that the boots are bonnet. Large... <laughs> Large fragments appeared to be falling away from Worsley's vehicle as he drove towards Grimsby. Those are my fragments. It was traveling with no lights, and a large piece of debris came away from the car, which appeared to be the fragments of a bumper or tire. I appeared to struck something. <laughs> the officer then noticed one of the tires was fully deflated and radioed the control room. Further fragments fell Further off. Further fragments fell off flaciously. <laughs> the vehicle collided with a lamppost, which caused it to stop. Uh, Worsley brew blue. I blew one hundred micrograms <laughs> of alcohol in one hundred milliliters of breath, nearly yeah, three times the, the limit. limit. <laughs> His lawyer no, said, <laughs> "My client concedes that this was a true moment of madness, madness. <laughs> and it was simply out of character for this young man today." He is contrite, remorseful, and exceptionally and embarrassed about what had happened. Of course. He demonstrated all behavior of a good... I could have stopped a while back, but I'm going to keep going. I'm having fun. He demonstrated all the behavior of a good and upstanding citizen. And immediately admitted that he had been drinking a tad. I ask you to impose a heavy fine rather than a community order. Because he sees the punishment as the conviction. To the Tower of London, forthwith. <laughs> the judge dismissed the request by issuing a 12-month community order, and he was also disqualified from driving 28 months in order to pay 85 pounds. You must not drive for the next 28 months. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I really want to share this next story. Oh, is this the one you were telling me earlier about, that you were trying to figure out how to say on air? Yeah. I think you just but go I mean, for it and I use not, the F word. How, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> how can I not do this? A Montana man was arrested on a charge with an animal and ordered to seek a mental health evaluation after he was caught getting, quote, humped by a husky dog. 
<laughs> I would say husky. That's the type of dog it was. Oh, a husky. It's <laughs> been working out. Yeah. Just portly. <laughs> Kenneth Wayne Kelmer was alleged allegedly with his girlfriend's family pooch at her home when she walked in. She claimed she caught him getting intimate with a three-year-old dog. You know how they say in uh, the right stuff, screw the pooch? Yeah. The other way. Yeah, he wasn't doing it. Wow. Oh. The dog was doing it to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of that before. Eh. Of a, a guy? No, no. I've seen films that indicate other yes. stuff. All right, cops were called. An investigation was launched. Kelmer was arrested, and he was banned from contacting the Husky's owners. <laughs> and he is forbidden also from having contact with any dogs or cats, including his own six pets. I'm sorry, this is sick. Yeah, and there you go. That is what I have. It's in the perverse. Get that dog out of here. <laughs> it's watching me critically. Yeah. And there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre <laughs> I love it when Michael gets very demanding. Get out of here! <laughs> it's like when the dad comes in. Yeah. That part. Uh-huh. Ah! <laughs> That's him locking all the locks on the inside of the bedroom door. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, all right. What was this case? That was the part. Oh, hold on. Oh! How would you do anything? All right, we're going to break. We'll come back in a second. Stay with us. What's new? Glad you asked. The Black Keys. Greta Van Fleet. Five Finger Death Punch. New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. Hollywood Trash is brought to you by Fred Beans for three days only. October 18th, 19th, and 21st. The semi-annual Fred Beans used car sale is on with cars starting as low as $2,500. See how they do used better at fredbeansused.com. What's going on, Steve? Well, One Direction announcing the launch of their new charity called Action 1D, which will address important decisions about climate change change in poverty. The announcement in the form of a video from Harry Styles who implores us all to, quote, stop doing climate change and stop being poverty. (laughs) Ariana Grande's indirectly apologizing for saying she hates America and Americans while in line at a California donut shop. A rep for Grande explained that she said what she said out of anger because her older gay brother cannot still legally marry a donut. Oh, my God. And finally, Scott Disick finally wished his daughter Penelope a happy third birthday on Wednesday night. Despite not seeing her for over a month, Disick took to social media writing, quote, Dear Penelope, if you follow me on Instagram, happy birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Bit of a scandal in the Philadelphia Fire Department. It's under investigation after allegations that firefighters are engaging in threesomes at firehouses across the city. Hell, I would. I would. You have poles poles and hoses all around you. With just dudes or are there girls involved? Just hearing the word threesome makes me jealous. <laughs> Have you ever? No. I've never. No. I can barely do a twosome. I came really close. 
twi- <laughs> twice. Really? And, and how just... did it fall apart? Uh, well, a girl's dad pulled up in the car behind us. That and ended. He, he wasn't right willing there. to watch. <laughs> he, he didn't want to watch. <laughs> hey, pops. Uh, and then the other one just uh, was the promise of, and it never happened. But it, but fire, you know, this is a firehouse. Is firehouse is uh, is a perfect place. You think so? I think so. As because, far as sex in the workplace well, goes, they have a, they have a you know living what? quarters upstairs. You're right. Uh, yeah. Marissa, you were a fire person, and yes. what was sex life in the firehouse? I dated some firefighters, and yeah. that's where I'll leave this. Okay. But, uh, but you're sitting around a firehouse for a long time waiting for a call. I mean, yeah. the whole job and is predicated on being able to, to respond in, in seconds, yeah. right. and that's why they're there at the ready. Well, if, then, how many firehouse threesomes have you been in? Then? Um, Stop it. That's not <laughs> No, she only, only foursomes. Oh, okay. um, no, but like if you work in the overnight shift, you're pretty much there. So. Oh. <laughs> 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 I didn't hear that. Preston. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing uh, mood hand gestures. Work on those hoses. (laughs) The double handy gestures. You you saw the movie Quarantine, right? Yeah. Yeah, she starts at the beginning. She's in the firehouse. And, and, you know, listen, I can't say that I, if presented, listen, and you're you're also, from second to second, you don't know when you're going to be called out to, you know, risk your life. You, you you feel the most heightened senses. I might succumb to it myself. It's a stress reliever. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So so here, let me let me read this story real quick. Among the allegations under investigation, a female member found engaging in sexual activity with two male members inside a vehicle, and sources confirm sexual activity among the female member and male members at several firehouses around the city. Wow. Mm. So I, if this reads the way I think it does. There's one main girl that's involved, and she was bopping around to different firehouses. Wow, she's like a Dalmatian. I think that's the way it reads. Um, So you go, girl. She could be stationed at one house and then moved to another house to cover or something like that. So apparently there's not one pole she hasn't slid on. I guess so, man. (laughs) When you're around these people for hours all day long, and you're just sitting around talking, and then you're kind of bored. That's what we do, and we've never had a threesome in here. (laughs) Oh, my God. There's some hunky firemen, though, right? Hell yeah. Okay. But they've, you've got to be in shape. You've got to be able to do what I mean. What these guys do. There was a not uh, all of them. Some of them are nerdy. Yeah. The, the well, old, nerdy. old timer, I mean, out, you know, out of shape. But yeah, yeah they're they're but but yes, the, like the full time firefighter, they got to be in there. The, the the who does this for a living? Yeah, you got to be in shape. For sure. Yeah. I mainly see volunteer fire. All, all where I live is all volunteer firefighters and. Um, you know, there's some obvious guys that you're like, wow, that dude's really got it together. And others are like, okay, they needed some, they need numbers. Right. So, <laughs> somebody, someone to hold the pole. Uh, but, uh, you know, and that, that leads to sex in the workplace. And what are some ideal jobs where you can get away with that? We have one right here. If you're working, and we've said this many times, if you're working in the overnight. Oh, yeah. You know, at, at a music intensive <laughs> station. <laughs> Remember the stories? Oh, we know. We know. We know. Somebody. We know that usually our main conference room isn't stocked with used condoms. Uh-huh. So that raised yeah. that raised some attention. It happens. Clean up after yourself. <laughs> I did it way back when at a radio station. Oh, you did? Sure. Was this with the receptionist? No. no. Okay. This is a girlfriend at the time. You were in the overnights, and you you brought no. It was uh. It was, it was actually show. I had a weekend shift. Okay. Yeah. So I had to do, even though I was I think I was doing middays, and you had to like uh, every other week you had to do a weekend shift, and yeah. nobody's there on the weekend. So we went to the production studio, put on a long song, and yeah, pow! So you're back in time for the farm report, yeah. right? No, no, it wasn't that? wasn't oh. that far back. I was I was Kenny Knight. <laughs> what song was it? Do you remember? I have no idea. Okay. Yeah. I was working top 40, but there weren't many long songs in top 40, so. No, and, you know, listen, I had a a girlfriend, and I did overnights, and it never happened. I don't know why. 
But it's a perfect scenario. It, you, it, you, yeah. you're, perfect you're, it, scenario. And you can um, our old should, our old overnight guy Eddie Fast Eddie was his name. Oh yeah. my god, all the time, Dang, every night, just all the time, man. <laughs> and he'd, he'd get girls off the request line. Oh, that uh-huh. you're playing with fire. He did it anyway. He was awesome, man. <laughs> Just and Vast Eddie. The name was given because of his. No, no, it, it was for some other reason. But we all there was a couch that we all stayed off of because uh-huh. we knew Eddie. That was Eddie's couch. It was a, a semen log. Yep, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. But I, yeah, I'm wondering if there are other uh, professions, other jobs around town where you might have that opportunity quite often. I think the things that the the, the Factors that work into it are long spans of time, clearly, where you're by yourself or with reduced personnel. Right. Uh, rooms that lend themselves to it. Right. You know, and, and also access to, to potential, to meeting potential conquests. So, so that, that the third being the least of, of the uh, of the importance level. I'm getting some texts coming in. This one says, uh, I had a uh, fling with a co-worker. We're both teachers. Uh, we used to go and do it in his car on our lunch break. Oh, my God. And he used to be a firefighter, she says. There you go. Uh, I had This one says, I had sex in the hospital operating room. Wow. Uh, this one says, I banged my boss during an accounting internship. Now we're getting married this October. Congratulations. Bouncer at a bar. Pulling, well, I'm not going to say all that, was easy <laughs> and frequent. Yeah, but where, I mean, would you wait until... Or would you do right in line while you're checking ID? Yeah, I don't know. Would you wait till after the, the bar was closed and then go somewhere else? I'm talking about actually where you work, doing it there. Right. You, simply just meeting someone is not the case. Yeah, you can take someone home and have yeah. sex with them. Yeah. This was happening at their place, place of employment. My friend over the weekend was uh, starting to talk to a bartender, and he invited her into the bathroom. Into the oh, bathroom. You'll be so my regular hard. Saturday night thing, baby. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. yeah. That's when she stopped talking to him. Who couldn't be wooed by that? Yeah. Oh. The bathroom. The bathroom. And he was oh, yeah. the... You're going to be my regular Saturday night thing, baby. Was it a nice... That wasn't the bathroom now. That was the liquor cl- yeah. Yeah. Right. One more time. I love that clip, please. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to be my regular Saturday night thing, baby. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and then, you know who ruins it? Oh, Dalton. Dalton. Yeah. yeah. Came yeah. walking in. You're out of here. Yeah. yeah. You get at least let him finish up, you know? Uh, it looked not like Dalton, was, man. Yeah, yeah, no. He was a cooler. I thought he'd be bigger. I did, too. Isn't that weird? <laughs> I'm going to go to Brian on the phone. Say, Brian, how you doing? Stop thinking about Clay. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Brian? Um, I was in the EMT for about 10 years uh, here in uh, Bucks County, Philadelphia. 10 uh, years, man. 10. Yep. Uh, I met my wife working on the ambulance. Um because, you know, it's a very confined space. It's just the two of you all day, yep. uh, sometimes all night. And we, you know, got into, you know, each other. Yeah, literally. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a bed in the back. Yeah. Um, you you right. can't really go wrong. It's just, you know, two and two, you know. Brian, before you, before you did it, had you guys hooked up before? No. All right. Uh, and And did you talk about it first or did it just happen? It just kind of happened. It was yeah. kind of one of those like mid conversation, lean in. I'm going to kiss you now, and uh, yeah. With the with the That's bed, awesome. you have the bed in the back of a of a moving hotel room. Basic, basically, yeah. you can take hits of oxygen if you want to. Yeah, yeah. You can strap great. yourself down to right. it. You can tie off your junk with one of those rubber hoses. Yeah, it's all kinds of things it's you can straight, do. Really, it's it's basically a sex wagon yeah. that happens to have <laughs> medical equipment. Brian, are there extra sheets in there or? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay, we keep good. it very well stocked, clean everything afterwards, wipe everything down with the, Dude, you know, good the for you. wipes and everything. So, Brian, let me ask you, how was, how was it? Was it just awesome? 
Oh, every time. Yeah, there you oh, go. Oh, every time. How many I'm times? Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. How many times in the in the ambulance? Uh, we kind of lost track after a while. Oh, right? So no. let me ask you: When you both would hit your pinnacle, would you hit hit the siren? Uh, no, it was a little far away for that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that would draw unneeded attention, too. Well, the the, maybe they clear out. Yeah, because that's I'm sure true. Because probably driving. Like, yeah. <laughs> Brian, did you guys ever get a call in the middle of the act? Yes. Okay. Wow. Uh, the did quickest you... I've ever put my pants back on. I'm but sure. But before you jump to conclusions, they lost the patient. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Brian. That's a good story. I like oh, that. Oh, I love that. Uh, I'm going to go to James. Hi, James. You're on the air. Good morning. Oh, guys, guys, Dukes. Yeah, Dukes, my man. What's your story about sex at the workplace? Oh, man, it's a middle-of-the-night story. Um, I was a manager at a pizza place, so I had the keys. And um, we went drinking at a local bar <laughs> all the time after work, a couple blocks away from the pizza place. Mm-hmm. And we decided to go back at, like, 3 in the morning one night, you know, make something to eat. Yep. And uh, I put the pizzas in the oven. Uh, me and my girlfriend went to the dough room, and my buddy and his The dough room. I love that. <laughs> where we made the dough. Yeah. And, uh... And my buddy and his girlfriend went in the bathroom. Uh, I ended up burning the pizza, and the uh, toilet paper dispenser got broken off the wall. I had to explain that to the owner. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't really like I had to give that crazy explanation. But sure. I'm nope. so proud of myself for doing it in the dough room. That was I, awesome. But hang on, James. It, it, you and your girlfriend and your buddy and his girlfriend? Yeah, they didn't want to make dough with us, so we had to do it by ourselves. <laughs> oh, you did it by yourself? Yeah, and they, they made dough in the uh, bathroom, I guess. Right, nice. you were in the dough room, they were in the bathroom, and there was some damage. But, that sounds But fun. that's getting a slice. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you burned a pizza. Uh, did you guys make another one after that? No, no. All right, had enough. All right. <laughs> wait, 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 you, you were Thanks, too wiped James. to eat at that point. Man. We used to have Dunkin' Donuts. Um, when it was my second job, it was actually perfect. I never had the opportunity to do it because yeah. the, the, the manager was notorious for showing up at all. Yeah. I mean, and, and I... I could risk it, but the, the, every time you didn't want the dude to be there, he was there. Well, like this guy at the pizza place, I'm sure uh, people at restaurants that have done it back in the kitchen many well, times. There's... I wonder if anybody in the you know got back in the walk-in <sighs> and did because it's cold, man. The walk-in is is the refrigerator, yeah, yeah. 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 Which one, Casey? Uh, top right. Top right. Uh, worked in a bakery. Did it in the cooler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here's another one. Summer job during college. Worked at a golf course, watering greens overnight. Had to move sprinklers every 45 minutes. Girlfriend came over and night putted on the 13th tee. <laughs> yeah, you have access to an entire golf course in the summer. You lay some blankets out. Here's one that says, I work at a law firm in city Center City. We have no locks on our office doors because they don't want us having sex in the offices. <laughs> wow. Uh, here's a guy that worked in a movie theater. Used to do it there. That'd be a good one. Up in the, uh, in the projection booth. Yeah, totally. Uh, let me go to Scott. Hey, Scott, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing? You guys rock. Thank you, Scott. What's your story, bro? I used to be a mechanic at a car dealership, and uh, my wife now uh, was uh, selling cars. And uh, we used to take uh, cars on test drives, new cars, used cars, customers' cars. (laughs) Let me ask you, Scott, does she prefer a stick or an automatic? Uh, didn't matter. Didn't, didn't matter. (laughs) Yeah. Very nice. So, so Scott, this is actually, this is the second story of... Sex of the workplace ended up in marriage. marriage. See? Uh, how long was the uh, w- were the joyrides going on? Oh, uh, probably about a year, I guess, before we uh, wound up uh, moving on. Yeah, did you ever get you ever get caught? No, it was very close a few times because we, uh, you know, we worked in a kind of a city type of uh, environment, so we had to like pull into McDonald's parking lot in the back, and some of these cars are pretty small. Yeah. So Scott, did she did she put the move on you first? 
Uh, yeah, kind of. I think she just, uh, you know, got a car and said, hey, I need you to listen to this noise for me. And, you know, I need a mechanic to drive around. So we just took off, and then uh, it happened from there. What's that's this, right. What's this kind of fart-sounding thing you're hearing? Right. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. All right, thanks, Yeah, exactly. Scott. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> uh, let me go next to Kennedy. Hi, Kennedy. You're on the air. Good morning. Hi, how you doing? You guys rock. Thanks, hey. man. What's up, buddy? Well, here's my story. <laughs> uh, not much. I used to work at a... Uh, hospital in Virginia, I managed the transport department, and uh, we also managed the morgue, and I walked into work at around 5 in the morning or 4.30 in the morning and found two radiology techs having some fun on the uh, autopsy table. Oh, oh, dude, that's right out of night shift. Night shift, yeah. Night shift, they turn a morgue basically into a brothel, or yeah. you know, uh, the, the city morgue. Yeah, oh my god. Yeah. Oh. So, so listen, Kennedy, when you walked in and saw this going on, did you make it be known that you were there, or did you just sneak out and let them go about their business? Uh, it was me and the nursing supervisor and one of the C, uh, senior executives of the hospital. So oh, it wasn't no. just uh Dude, that's walk freaky. Walk yeah. out. Wow. <laughs> that's freaky but awesome. All right, thanks, Kennedy. Appreciate yep. it. Man. All right, Bye. I have an anonymous caller on line six here. Hi, you are on the air. Good morning. Gadzooks. Gadzooks, bud. What's up? All right, uh, I work at a bar. I'm not going to say what town or anything, but... Yep. Um, there's plenty of times during the shifts where, like, guys, like bartenders or bouncers will take chicks into the basement and do their thing. Right. not, like, during work. <laughs> and then there's plenty of nights where after, like, the bar technically closes, we hang out, and then we have a couple girls hang out with us, and we have girls, like, stripping on top of the bar, body shots, more things going on in the wow. basement. It's just crazy every wow. single and this is like Target my, like my, you work at? Yeah. What's up? No, no. This, <laughs> yeah, it's a Target. Yeah, yeah. Dude, wow. that is, uh, that's how, Nirvana. How long have you been working there? Uh, about eight months. Yeah. My, fir- my first night there, I was like, it was a lot of like culture shock because like I went there and like there's like blow on the bar. Whoa. There's weed sitting around. I'm like, uh, and I, you know, I was like a nerd in high school. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I don't know what to do here. <laughs> how old are you? Uh, 25. 25. Oh, my God, dude. Well, stay away from those and, drugs. And what is your, if if you don't mind saying, what's your job there? I'm a bouncer. You're a bouncer. bouncer. So are, are you... I'm a pretty big guy. Are you partaking upon the ladies? I've partaken in some things. Yeah. Um, but I mean the ladies. I, I refuse to go to the basement because there's a, probably some... Herpes or something. <laughs> Airborne herpes. Uh, so I'd rather not yeah. partake in that, but uh, Understood. I've enjoyed the stripping and some of the weed, but that's fair. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. There. Yeah, you know fair the place enough. is filthy when even the rats have syphilis. All right. Thanks, exactly. man. Yeah. Appreciate it, buddy. Right. All right. Let me go to, uh, we're, we were talking about, we're referencing this uh, story of the Philadelphia Fire Department. There's kind of a sex scandal that's going on about sex in the firehouses uh, threesomes and all kinds of stuff. Uh, let me go to Dan. Hi, Dan. You're on the air. Hey, what's up, guys? Hey, bud. How you doing, man? Good. Um, now I have pretty much every contractor's dream story. It happened to me like only one time throughout my career, yeah. doing it about 12 years. And uh, I was, well, I'm a service tech electrician. I was working at a Quaker Bridge Mall at a lady footlocker early in the morning. And uh, I was a little upset over the job. And uh, I had was walking in with my cordless songs on, and there was this dark, cute, punky uh, chick sitting outside smoking a cigarette. And I was kind of mumbling to myself because I was mad. <laughs> and uh, she uh, said, whoa, what are you going to do with that thing? And I said, you'll find out. Just follow the trail of blood. <laughs> well, I guess, I, you know, I guess with her dark uh, persona and everything, yeah. it was funny. That was a turn-on to her, yeah. 
Right, exactly. So, you know, I said, well, where are you working at? And it was, uh, I guess it was the Regal Hair Salon or something right there as soon as you walked in the mall. Yeah. And uh, I got done at the Foot Locker, and I said I'd visit afterwards for a haircut. Yeah. It was early in the morning. She was the only one working. Went back for the shampoo and got a little bit more than I bargained for. Wow. You got, you got, you managed to parlay a shampoo into, into uh, sex? And Dan, the mall was open? The mall was open, Preston. Oh, my. <laughs> so they, somebody could have walked in. Somebody could have, but they didn't. Wow. <laughs> so what did you do? Fashion a condom out of Chick-fil-A? Uh, wait, what was that word no. you used? <laughs> you didn't use that. Okay. No, that's that's wild, man. Dude, good for you, yeah. man. It turned a bad day into and a good day. May I ask, exactly. Dan, did you ever revisit that salon? Uh, no, actually. Okay, so just a one and done, huh? It was. Uh, dream dream uh, accomplished, I guess. Yeah, yeah I tell you what, service workers thinks, Dan. Uh, the people that go on service calls, that's the... You know, that's the fantasy for a young guy. You show oh up, there's a, uh, uh, you know, a milfy gal in lingerie. Come on I can't in. get my vibrator stopped. Right. <laughs> can you fix it? I'm so horny. Oh, what can we use in lieu of my broken vibrator? Uh, you know, I was thinking, Preston... <laughs> A uh, an airport would be a good place too. Oh yeah, yeah. You have the airport lounges. Yeah, yeah. You have. Well, we talked about. Imagine banging on one of those um, those luggage uh, conveyors. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Let me go to Jeff because something happened this morning. Hi, Jeff. You're on the air. Hey, how's it going, guys? Good. What's up, Jeff? Nothing much. Nothing other than big brown Guatemalan nipples. <laughs> wow. Mm. Do tell. All right. So what what happened? Tell us. Um. I started with this company a little while ago. I'm a road tech. I'm a mechanic. And um, I heard people telling stories in the company about how, the you know, they, they get some with their vehicles. Yeah. And um, when I started with this company, I didn't really believe it at all. Then once I realized, like, the amount of freedom you get with your own company vehicle, I it was just amazing. I couldn't believe how many times I was able to actually get it in my company vehicle. <laughs> all right. When was the last time you did it in your company vehicle? This morning. <laughs> this morning. Good for you. This morning. Explain. Ex- give us the deets, as they say. Well, it's pretty much just like, hey, um, I have this giant van. Would you like to get in the back of it? And, and you—that's the line you use, <laughs> or was this with a, a girlfriend who you've done this with before? With a girlfriend. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. Fair yeah. Enough. Otherwise, it kind of sounds like you're a serial you're, you're killer. A rapist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I use the same sort of finesse that a rapist would use. <laughs> right. I got hey, some duct tape. Yeah. Yeah. Just a quick question. Is there anyone around who will miss you? Yeah. That's nice, Jeff. All right. Well, thanks for thinking of us this morning. We appreciate it, man. Thank you, guys. All right. See you later. Wow. We're getting a ton of calls. Which line, Casey? Line seven. Line seven. Because these are all dudes calling. We got all a girl this morning. I have a, uh anonymous caller. Hi. You're on the air. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Okay, so you wanted to tell us. We were talking about sex in the workplace. What did you well, want to tell us? I started on the ambulance many, many years ago. Uh-huh. And my husband, well, we were dating back then. Right. And we were allowed to bring the ambulances home with us. Wow. So every night, we brought an ambulance home. Okay. We lived, We both lived with our parents. So it was very convenient to always have an ambulance home. Oh, so you couldn't do it in the house? Yeah. You both live with your parents. Take it out to the ambulance. So you got the ambulance with the bed inside right there. Um, exactly. Is, is your husband wherever we wanted to drive, go wherever we wanted to go. Is your husband's name Brian by any chance? It is not. Okay. okay. <laughs> Um, so you, Brian's a little younger than I am. Well, let me ask you. So you had this mobile hotel room. Where would you take it most often? Um, 
And we could go anywhere because no one really ever bothered us. Because we were ambulance. So, and you were off duty at the time, as Casey asked earlier. We, did you ever receive a call while you were? Um, no, we we usually would bring it home at night. So, but during the day, we did work together. So, okay, we would be together during the day. Also, did you ever do one? Did you ever toss off one during the day? Um, yeah, we had. <laughs> <laughs> wow, man. That's pretty awesome. That would be an ambulance the same way. That would be awesome. Yeah, ha- having that at your, uh, you know, and especially when you're when you're a homebody, you're living <sighs> at home, and you, you're always looking for a place. Thanks for the call, buddy. Yeah. You live with your parents. I mean, trying to when you're young and you're trying to uh, to facilitate it in a cramped car, right? Well, you you get good at it. You do. Here's yeah. the deal. Uh, a lot of times, people will go in the back seat, girl on top, and yeah. that's fine and everything. What I recommend is dad on top. No. <laughs> Uh, front passenger seat, girl on bottom, and you can actually use the floorboards with your feet as propulsion. <laughs> propulsion? What are you, Iron Man? <laughs> yeah. Casey, he was just doing, he was basically yeah. doing calf races yeah, 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 yeah. over here. That's, there, uh, there's a guy in the studio right now. He's, <laughs> he's he nodding he's and smiling. With yeah. Me. Yeah. Explain, explain the posture and everything again. The posturing is, is front passenger seat, girl yeah. bottom, guy on top. I know what you're saying. Yeah. And and, uh, you, and then you put your feet on the on the floorboards and you do calf races. Yeah, I don't think I could. You could fit. So you and I are taller. Steve. Yeah, yeah. 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 So you we're just, taller than Casey. For you, you would have to move the seat back a little bit more. But or maybe it, use my ambulance. Or I've, I've use done the car ambulance. thing on a few occasions. I, I don't find it all that pleasurable because it is logistically just difficult. It's you pleasurable. It in the back seat. It's pleasurable if you go to column B. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, I know you, what you're saying. That, then, then, then that's a little bit. Of, I've, I've done it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I've done. Yeah. I've done it. Uh, uh, you know, when I've given pleasures to a guy and we've been driving, it's. <laughs> 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 but but it's it, it can get painful depending on what kind of car you have. I lived with my parents for a long time, so you know, I had to. I had to get good at it. And I had the I, I had the best spot, and it was um, the two spot. There was a no, 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 no. Just so I wouldn't get caught, there was a, a chimney place, uh, chimney sweep place uh, in Springfield. Chim chim Tariq. And I would, and they always parked trucks like far away from each other. So, but so I could fit my car in between these two trucks. Yeah, and it was it was awesome. Did you ever did you ever do it in the car out in front of her house of a of a of a girl you're dating? I mean, I, I did that, and that's really risky. That's no. Tremendously yeah, risky. No, I didn't do that. We used to go park in the Montessori school parking lot. <laughs> well, you wanted, <laughs> oh you wanted a better education. <laughs> it was at night, though. What, Marissa? You did it, too? Police yeah. station right. parking uh, lot. Police wow. station parking lot. I didn't realize it was a police station. Was no, it a police officer that you were with? No, no, okay. no, no. It just and they happened. never found that bag of Coke. Right. We were at another area, and it was butt up next to a police station. All right, so wow. I'm seeing a lot of calls here for pizza joints, and we already spoke to somebody there, but this, this person's been on hold for like 15 minutes, so let me go to them real quick. I have an anonymous caller. Hi, you're on the air. Good morning. Chicken pot pie. Yummy. Chicken pot pie. All right, so what do you want to tell us? Yeah, uh... Been with my wife now 25 years, honey. Turn the radio off. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Pizza Hut, man. We defiled that place. <laughs> we defiled that place. Red, red cups and everything? <laughs> uh, yeah. So is that why the box says you've tried the rest, now squeeze my breasts? Yeah. That's, that's why it's always hot. All right. So, so where was the best place in the Pizza Hut to do it? Uh, well, uh, Hey, it was the walk-in, the bathroom, the countertop, the boss's desk. This, what about the dough room? We hear that's the, a, a good place. The, the proofers are hot, 
and uh, smelly, so you want to avoid that. All right, but but ever out in the in the dining area? Uh, no, no, too many windows. Too many windows. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. They yeah. all have the blinds though that you can lower, right? No, not this one. Okay. Wow. No, it was like during work hours. Uh, you know, the, the bathroom was nice. Dude. During work hours. <laughs> so you mean that they, there was more than likely a little league team out there having a uh, a party? <laughs> and, and was there a banquet? You know, yeah. or the hey, award ceremony? Yeah. You did a great Only job, Del- guys. <laughs> Only Delco, man. Only <laughs> Delco. No, no, I need a Delco. In, not the one in Clifton. <laughs> Delco. Casey, that might not have been goat cheese. Was it the Clifton one or was it the McDade one? Uh, I, I can't say. Yes, okay. you can. Well, Clifton's still open. Okay. Back in the day, in the, 25 years ago, he yeah. said. All right. Yeah. Um, 25 years ago. Was this with, uh, with with patrons or fellow co-workers or a girlfriend or what? No, now the wife. Yes, the now, wife. Now, girlfriend. Okay. Wow. All right. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice job. Did you ever get, did you guys ever get caught? Uh, well, the employees do. They were yeah. cool. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank oh, what's, what's, uh, what, hold on. What's, uh. We came out and uh, her dad was there. It was kind of embarrassing. Oh my god! <laughs> and no, that's a don't ask, don't tell moment because dad knew exactly what had happened. Right? Yeah, it was like, oh hi. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like some pizza, please. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. We appreciate it. All right, well, there's a little scandal running through the uh, fire department in uh, Philadelphia, and uh, there's some uh, people that are under investigation. Some people actually have retired because of this, I believe. That's what I thought I read this morning. But there's some disciplinary action that is being considered threesomes and whatnot going on. I understand, but I tend uh, firefighting's very difficult, dangerous work. Whatever, yeah. whatever gets you through. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm prone to a, give firefighters a, a vast uh, bit of uh, deference in this. As long case. as it doesn't impede the uh, the service, but there there's concern about. Sexual harassment, yes, and things like I that. So you got to understand yeah. why they why they can't have that type of thing. But uh, thank you for sharing. Apparently, it's quite rampant <laughs> in the work world because our our texts and our phones are just exploding with people uh, sharing stories of sex in the workplace. Apparently, the optimum conditions would be if you deliver pizza in an ambulance. That's right. Yeah. Keep on banging. Yeah. All right, we're going to take a break. We shall return in just a moment. Stay with us. Preston and Steve Show podcast. Wait, turn up the sound. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.